Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The papers uh, are dominated, of course, this morning by um, uh, Storm Barra. In fact, I see in one of them online this morning, the Indoor calling it, uh, what do they call it? They call it, I mean, it's a bit over the top, they call it a weather bomb. A weather bomb. Storm Barra, the weather bomb. Barace yourself is the front pager in the sun today. Fear for loss of life. Schools told to shut. There's a don't go out order. And God, if you saw the roads this morning, they are absolutely desolate. There's no traffic whatsoever. Battered by Barra is the front of the mirror today. Schools are shot. Uh, Michal Martin says he's very very concerned with counties on red alert. That's us uh, and Kerry. And I think Claire's been added into the mix as well now at this stage. So that dominates the front pages of uh, newspapers. They call it a dread alert in the star this morning. Quite some detail. Uh, the broadsheets are a little bit more somber about it. Schools and colleges close. A storm Barra poses danger to life. Fallen trees, particularly on a uh, on uh, country roads could be a problem but that's why they're saying that people shouldn't drive unless absolutely necessary Eye of the Storm risk to life as Barra forecast to pummel the country uh, the Eye of the Storm actually isn't such a bad place to be and from what I can see that's probably up around Galway or Mayo because that's where the calmest is it's the whip of the storm way outside the eye of it that you get whacked with and that's what we're going to get so we'll come back to that in a few minutes time because Eddie English is standing by down in Cove but other stories making the papers today include the banks of, of mum and dad I don't know where it I don't know where it stands really I've never really looked at it as to how much money you can give a child a son or a daughter of course they're not a child anymore at that stage but a son or daughter I suppose to help them purchase their own home but the independent this morning is a story from Charlie Weston on the front page saying the bank of mum and dad uh, is loaning millions to first time buyers I don't know is it is it tax free is there an amount you can give is like 30 grand or what have you but they're saying the typical new buyer now has to build up a deposit of more than 52 grand according to the latest monitor and the bank of mum and dad is helping to the tune of in and around I mean it varies I suppose but it could be anywhere around 30,000 and PUP is back and has reopened again up to 350 euro of PUP for people who have been laid off as a result of the latest change in the pandemic and people who were earning 400 or more a week will be eligible for up to uh, well the top rate of 350 and then it slides down to being 300 and then you know 200 and 250 and, and things like that so that's the story that makes the mirror today so PUP is back which is a, which a blessing really for people who have lost their jobs because they were really digging their heels in about never bringing that back but you know the people who have vaccination certs and those that don't well the sun this morning says there are people sneaking out for a jar with other people's certs and unless they ask for double identification you can really use anybody's cert because there's no photograph involved so unvaxxed people are clearly finding pubs and restaurants to pack into despite not having their own COVID-19 vaccine certs according to behavioural experts that speak to the sun today and the ticking time bomb as a result of COVID-19 is of course young people struggling with their mental health and adults drinking more apparently and the papers talk of that today in quite some detail where they say we're drinking less in another paper but we're getting fatter so you don't know which one to believe binge drinking is down according to the mail whereas at the same time you have the star saying uh, that uh, actually we are drinking more so it's hard to know who to believe but certainly we're eating more and uh, weight gain will be another consequence of it and the diseases and illnesses that will come with that so another interesting one making the independent today the different tablets and medication that's out there that could be used for other conditions like they're now saying that Viagra might reduce the risk of developing Alzheimer's an interesting one, isn't it? And hair loss makes the sun today. For some reason, must be a quiet day, they've come up with the top 10 countries across Europe where
where men are baldest. And apparently Germany, Spain and the Czech Republic top the charts on blokes balding bonces. Now, whether it's an intentional or whether it's hair loss, I have no idea. It can be quite sexy, like a bald man in a suit's pretty sexy thing, I would have thought. But experts com- uh, combing the globe you'll pardon the pun, have come up with the fact that the Germans, uh, the Czechs and the, the Spanish. And it's a bit of a problem in Spain, I suppose, with the uh, intense heat of the sun. So they must have to wear quite an amount of kiops. But the papers also the, today talk about, you know, what do people, with only 18 days left to Christmas, what do people like most about Christmas? And family. Well, that's what they're admitting to anyway, family. Or oh, being with family, you know, yeah, having a great time and, you know, traditions. I mean, Really, are they saying oh, the gifts don't really matter? Don't bother with Christmas gifts. Just be with me over the Christmas. Papers also this morning talk in quite some detail of people's social habits when they're out and about. And I see that this morning's uh, Times UK is saying that films and television are glamorizing drug use um, and are fueling, particularly in the middle classes, a cocaine epidemic or a binge or the middle class who use cocaine like others might go for a pint. And it's a story that makes the Times UK today. And they also say, from the point of view of overseas, that Brexit has hit the passport applications like a train wreck. Uh, 1.75 million passport applications are expected next year alone. If you thought we were out of the storm with regards to passport applications for Brexit, think again, they're expecting close on 2 million more applications. Brexit ain't working out, you know. And I think the Brexit actually could be a real blessing for us in one way. There have been more and more and more and more jobs being announced in Ireland over the past six months than ever before. A lot of those jobs previously would have gone to the UK. But countries now and companies are bothered by Britain and their Brexit. So they're coming to Ireland instead, particularly tech, digital, pharma, stuff like that. The downside, of course, when you hear of job announcements of a thousand or fifteen hundred and Facebook coming in and China coming in and Google is where in the name of God are they all going to live? The Neil Prenderville Show. We're up to date across the day today on, uh, you know, Storm Barra as it passes over us and we'll keep a check on things and uh, what have you. And we're also posting online and uh, keeping things up to date on social media. But if you have incidents to report or you do want to get in touch, text 0868104106. I will give you some more details. We've put some emergency contact numbers up online as well, including KC's Four Star, Tung Sing, Hillbillies, Galvin's Off License and Lennox's. So your uh, emergency contact numbers are online if you need any of them. If you haven't got yourself enough sliced pans, now that's your problem. I can't help you with it. You should have done that yesterday in the sliced pan department. <laughs> oh my gosh. Try and lighten the mood as the fellow says. Let's find out how bad it is and how bad it's destined to be. Eddie English is with Sail Cork and he says it's blowing a stink at sea. Eddie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well, and uh, at sea is important because what happens at sea will ultimately come to land. But can I ask you, just a question, very important question. When will it peak, the storm? It looks like uh, later on this afternoon is when the winds will reach their strongest. But, like, it's it's berserk out there at the moment. Um, <clears throat> the worst wind for the south coast of Ireland is a straight southerly wind, an onshore wind, a wind that's blowing straight into all the little harbours and all the creeks and everything else. Now, that wind changed direction this morning, shortly before 7 o'clock, which meant that a high water just after 7 o'clock, things could have been far worse if the wind was still from the south but it veered into the south southwest and it's after going further southwest now but it's still blowing absolute stink you have inside cork harbor you have winds of 100 kilometers per hour 
I like that's that's crazy stuff. And I mean, is it a what? Is it a long time since you've seen those kind of wins, Eddie? I, we haven't seen we haven't seen very strong wins in the recent past. No, it's been a very benign uh, year so far. We'd one or two blows uh, in the autumn, and that was it. It's been a. A benign autumn as well as a good summer, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, uh, cause storms were battering uh, boats and pleasure crafts down in Monkstown and Cove and Crosser a couple of years back. Uh, anyway, you're saying you're saying that it's bad now, destined to get worse by yeah. afternoon, is it? Yeah, well, the fastest rock at 9 o'clock, um, 85 knots. Now, 85 knots translates into 157 kilometers per hour. Okay, okay. But you know, a hurricane is 120 kilometers per hour, so it's sustained hurricane force at the Fastness Rock now at the moment. But those kind of wind speeds won't make land, will they? Not quite, but like if we're getting um, 100 kilometers inside the harbour, uh, that's 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 a hell of a lot of wind, okay, you know. Okay, everything's shut down, and I'll come back to that in a few minutes' time. Many businesses, no buses running, stuff like that. There has been flooding, though, hasn't it? But high tides passed, so the city centre areas, like say, for instance, the South Mall, Morrison's Quay, Pembroke Street, they got hammered. Is that will that drop, and is it dropping now? Uh, yeah, it is dropping. It was high water around half seven in the city this morning, and it, it is dropping and. <clears throat> if there was a southeasterly or a southerly wind, it wouldn't allow it to drop to be pushing the water back up into the city. But now that that wind has got a bit of west in it, it'll, it'll help to ease it off and hopefully there won't be flooding at high water. Okay, and areas outside of the city that reported flooding would be the likes of Yall, uh, Middleton, Kinsale, areas like that? Yeah, well, the other thing is there's going to be rain as well. So any place with um, fresh water going through it is going to have a problem, you know. Okay, okay. Um, like, there, there's bright spots. I could see sunshine a while ago. I can't see Roaches Point anymore now because the rain is so heavy. Um, I can just about see Spike Island, uh, whereas a while ago I could see it bright. The sun was shining on it. So it's, 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 it's very erratic now at the moment. And those winds are quite erratic as well. And it's Cork and Kerry primarily, isn't it? Um, that it is, is, but the thing is, unfortunately, the East Coast now, uh, the tide is still flooding. And places like Waterford and Wexford um, could be in trouble in the next hour or two. And then later on, you've got Dundalk and Drogheda. And then what's going to happen is the west coast uh, and the northwest coast, the wind will be blowing straight onto it when that wind goes into the west and into the northwest. It's an onshore wind, and that's the worst one for, you know, even County Clare, places like the Hinch, that traditionally get really battered in conditions like this. They'll see it more this afternoon. So the kind of wind that we could expect this afternoon will be what kind of speeds? Well, 100 kilometres per hour plus, you know. And when will we see it backing off? Because I see in the forecast that tomorrow is better, but still not great. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it gets be- a bit better this evening when it goes more into the northwest, and you've got the friction of the land to slow it down somewhat as it gets from the west coast to Cork, um, and then overnight it does ease off, and uh, it's a better day tomorrow, but it's still, it's still going to be blowing quite hard. Okay, is this wind enough to bring down trees? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure there's trees down. Okay, and clearly, obviously, because we're getting reports of power outages, that's a result as a result of trees coming down and snapping cables and what have you. That's a consequence, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. 
you know, so that there is plenty of danger out there still and people, if it's a red alert, people have been advised not to travel. And you agree with that, do you? Because everything pretty much has ground to a halt. That's well, right. Everything is, yeah, but like yesterday evening, we were uh, inundated with calls of businesses that told us they were going to be closed today, yeah. so very sensibly. Okay. A lot of places are closed, and of course all the schools and colleges are closed as well. Um, at least there's something different to talk about than COVID-19, I suppose, but the message is for people to stay safe, isn't it? And not to go out unless it's absolutely essential, I suppose, right? Yeah, absolutely, and don't be tempting the elements. Like some people think that it's a <laughs> it's a good day to go and view the sea and so forth. That's not a good idea. Not a good idea at all. At some stage, we'll start to see those photographs, won't we? The daft people who go out. Yeah, stand but like, on the sea walls. is ferocious. The yeah. sea is ferocious, and. Um, uh, you know, there's a couple of webcams on television. Have a or sorry, on on the computers. Have a look at them in Shadani and uh, places like that. Have webcams up, and just it's a mass of white water down in Inchidani and some of the beaches down in West Cork now at the moment. Okay, all all boats and ships have made land then, have they? The port of Cork um, closed this morning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it, it may be open again, but I know I, we got a notice last night to say the port would be closed from four o'clock onwards. Now, it was like a mill pond at midnight last night. Um, but my God, did it come up during the night? Yeah. And um, we can certainly feel the southerly here in Cove blowing straight on to us. But it's thank goodness it's gone around now into the um, the south, south west. And like our say, Cork headquarters is at East Ferry, and we've several boats still afloat uh, on the water. In fact, we we had courses on yesterday, but all those boats are okay now that the wind has gone around. It's only when there's a southerly we're in trouble with with, with East Ferry Marina. Okay. okay, all right. In the eye of the storm, incidentally, just finally, that's the calm place to be, isn't it? In the eye of it? Yeah, yeah but it, it's very hard to predict exactly the way that moves, you know? It's Galway, and, I think, is it? And it's only, it's only very, a very small distance is going to be... Um, it's going to be calm, you know. Okay, the rest of us, of course, have to just uh, be careful out there today. I might stay in touch with you throughout the course of the rest of the morning if anything's shaping up, all right? Yeah. Okay, Neil, listen, good to talk to you. Stay safe, you be too. careful. Take care, Eddie English at uh, Sale Cork. Now, uh, as I said, a reference to areas of flooding this morning and a lot of the city centre got it, but as Eddie said, the high tide has passed now and that water should drop and literally just, just disappear. So that's a good thing, but we certainly are getting reports of flooding in areas of uh, the county as well, your Yalls and your Middletons and Kinsale. Now, um, because of a red level wind warning, people are being urged to stay indoors uh, today. Uh, if you had any kind of a hospital appointments in the five hospitals, they've all been cancelled. Now schools, third level institutions, all closed today. Bus Aaron have cancelled all bus services and I imagine uh, the same at Cork Airport. They've certainly been disrupted anyway. I imagine it's been stopped, but Bus Aaron have cancelled. I think Irish Rail are running trains at 50 kilometres an hour. Now, your banks and many businesses are closed. Uh, lots of retailers closed. Shopping centres are closed. Post offices are closed. Public sector is closed. They're all, all staying at home today. One of the big worries, of course, is fallen trees for those people that are going about. And the ESB and the County Council are warning people not to approach fallen trees. Do not try to move them, 
even if there's a couple of you, you think you might, because they could be hiding live electricity lines. So bear that in mind and lots more besides. So do get in touch from where you are and just keep us up to date, uh, particularly in county areas. The further west you are, of course, the more interested I'd be because that's where it's coming from. So lines open for that. Text 0868104106. Danny Collins is a local independent councillor down Bantry Way. In fact, Danny, I believe, is Boston's bar in Bantry and I've spoken to him in the past, joins me by phone. Danny, good morning. Morning, morning, Neil. Hurting. Okay, you're much further west than the rest of us. Uh, what's it like? Um, at the moment, like um, there at about half six this morning, um, we had flooding here in Bantry, where it affected about twenty three premises in the town. But now um, the the astronomical tide and coastal surge really came in at about six thirty nine. They're saying like so. Um, at we Cork County Council staff plus the fire brigade staff were have been out all night and. Really, I, I'd be quite honest, I have saved a lot of the town. Like, uh, with, um, with water pumps? pumps? Had water pumps, six-inch water pumps were deployed yesterday by um, Cork County Council. And fair play to him. Thank God that, that, that has saved a lot of the town. Well, fair play to him. Are you getting much wind, though, at this stage? Well, I, I'd tell you now, like, inside the Bantry town, you would not notice it that much. Well, I have spoken to people out in Balaliki and Doris there in the past hour or so, and they'll tell me, the the wind is very high in places like okay. and like okay. gusts are very high. So like as I would say, and as he'd been saying, like we'd be saying to people not to take any unnecessary journeys today, um, because like there are trees down the road. I hear back in back in Adjigal, um the, the road was closed there for a while because of of flooding and and trees down. So I would ask people think before you travel before today. And I think people are heeding that warning. Certainly for what I've seen here, there is no traffic around at all. It was absolutely like a, uh, it was just so, so quiet. It was deserted this morning. Imagine that's the same all over. I wouldn't think yes, there's right. any, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any freight moving or anything like that, is there? No, I don't think so because I, I was downtown there now about an hour, hour and a half ago and it was like a ghost town really. Mm-hmm. But I did notice, I did hear obviously nurses and things who um, maybe uh, who lived outside the town of, for Bantry Hospital, nurses from Bantry General Hospital who um, decided to stay in um, the local hotels or last night to, so they'd be near their job to get, well, get Fair to play to them. Fair play to those that turned up today. That's all I can say. Yes. Just quickly, uh, just um, from, a, from a, an agricultural point of view, how do farmers and their livestock fare on days like this? Well, like it's like what you call a farmer is never off, as we know what you call like he's he's on twenty four seven, and basically like I I, I hadn't spoken to any farmer today, but what you call it like this is a critical time, like but um most of farmers would have their their cattle in now this time of year, yeah, um from the land like so like let's hope um everything will go okay and things the the storm will pass over okay. without any well said pub closed today Boston closed today I suppose. Um, I don't think so. I might open my door there about an hour's time. There's always a person who wants to come in for a chat and things and who might be living in their own. Yeah, it's not, it's not all about the points, it's the chat and the conversation yeah. as uh, well. All right. Yeah. Look after yourself, Danny. Thanks for taking no the call. Danny Collins at Boston Bar in Bantry. Text 0868104106 and we'll pick up on text calls and information across the morning. Back after the, back after the break. Just breaking news ahead of that. Emergency services are already responding that a person's been injured after a fall from a building in uh, Cork City Centre. My thanks to Owen English at the Examiner for that. So that's uh, emergency services reporting the person has been injured after a fall from a building. Thanks to Owen for that. Um, and I'll keep you updated on that and lots more besides back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red.
FM. Okay, there's significant power outages now being reported right across the county. I'm seeing that this morning online on redfm.ie. Outages in Castletown Bear, outages in Skibbereen, outages in Yall, outages in McCroom, uh, thousands of people without power this morning. And also, we're seeing reports of trees coming down and emergency services responding to them. Uh, that's a lot of that is happening in, in rural areas and country areas and what have you. So proceed with caution if you are out and about, because you want to come around a bend and find a big oak tree in the middle of the road and you slap into it so go with caution but certainly power outages this morning I just referenced there a story from Owen English senior reporter with the Irish Examiner emergency services the scene in Cork City Centre a woman has fallen from uh, a roof or a balcony something up somewhere up high in the city and he joins me uh, by phone Owen good morning good morning Neil. I'm not, not sure how much you can tell me but what is the examiner reporting this morning well, Neil, it's very early days. What we know at this stage is that the alarm was raised at around half eight this morning that um, that a person had fallen from either a roof or a balcony on a property uh, at Mead Street, which is just off Sullivan's Quay. Um, and when emergency services got to the scene, they discovered a young woman uh, in a serious condition on the ground oh, on God. Mead Street. Uh, now, the circumstances of, of how she came to be on the ground are still under investigation. We're not quite sure yet uh, how she fell, um, but we believe at this stage that she fell at least three stories Good from God. a balcony on that property. Um, now, she has suffered um, multiple injuries. Uh, I'm told by people who were on the scene earlier that she was in and out of consciousness, but she is alive. Uh, her injuries have been described to me as serious but not life-threatening. Um, she was treated initially at the scene by paramedics from the National Ambulance Service uh, and a request came in a short time later for members of Cork City Fire Brigade to go to the scene and to assist in the operation. Um, she has been removed by ambulance to hospital for treatment. As I say, her, her injuries are, while they're serious, they're, they're not life-threatening at this stage. Um, and Gardaí are now at the scene uh, conducting inquiries in the area to try and establish the circumstances of what happened to this young woman. No, of course, we don't know, and people listening to this will be wondering, but it's probably not right to speculate. Who knows what happened? We'll just have to wait and see and hope that she makes a, a recovery, although, thankfully, it's not life-threatening, you say, but she will have to spend some time in recovery, and we think of her on that. Um, as, as a consequence of, of the weather, um, uh, you, you haven't been in the city, you haven't seen the wind, I'm quite sure you have journalists on the ground there, though. What are they reporting? Yeah, I have colleagues on the ground. Uh, colleague Liz Dunphy was out from early morning and photographer Dan Lennon was out and about. Um, and I think what they've seen is kind of in line with what was forecast last night. Um, we saw flooding on many of the low-lying keys, including around Morrison's Island, where uh, just before high tide at uh, 25 past 7 this morning, the uh, storm surge combined with the heavy rain and the southeasterly winds to push uh, the, the River Lee over the banks onto Morrison's Islands, down the side streets and onto the Mall. And in some cases, it actually went across the top of the Mall and down Pembroke Street and yeah. Phoenix Street and went as far as Oliver Plunkett Street. But thankfully, there doesn't seem to be any property damage in, in those areas. The water came over or came through the, the, the gaps in the key walls again on Lavitt's Key. Uh, and around Sherman Crawford Street and those areas and you know traffic restrictions were in place roads were impassable for a while but from about half seven it was clear that, that Cork was going to dodge the bullet again in terms of experiencing severe property damage Yeah I was going to ask um, you that because when flooding comes you wonder how the businesses will, will suffer 
Yeah, I mean, they were all out last night, you know, when it became clear that this was going to be a very severe weather event. Um, businesses in all the at-risk uh, flood zones were out putting up flood barriers and sandbags and I was talking to Owen O'Sullivan, the president of the Cork Business Association earlier, and he said that, you know, a lot of traders in town suffered another sleepless night last night, that they have come through an extremely difficult period over the last 18 months with all the closures associated with COVID. And here we are now with the first major Atlantic storm of the winter, uh, putting Cork on flood alert and shutting down vast parts of the city centre. But but thankfully, um, while the river did breach the walls in the usual low-lying keys, the flooding was confined to just street flooding yes. and properties haven't suffered any damage. Okay. Um, but obviously the red alert is still in place, the wind is due to pick up in the next hour or two and people are being advised again just to not come into town for the time being. Um, but a lot of places are kind of thankful and breathing a sigh of relief that they haven't flooded this time. Either. Gotcha. Good man. Thanks for the update. Appreciate it as always, Owen. Thanks for that. Unfortunately, sad news in there as well with the emergency services responding to the report of the woman who fell from the roof of the balcony on Mead Street just off Sullivan's Quay uh, this morning. A Lines are open at 1850-104-106. Owen actually referenced Liz Dunphy. She's probably the only journalist, probably the only person actually in the city centre as we speak. I'd say it's like a ghost town. She joins me by phone. Liz, good morning. Good morning. You are in the city. I don't think you see many people or pedestrians or cars moving about, do you? Not a lot. As you said, it is It is kind of like a ghost town here. There's the odd just brave soul who's out here, but um, largely people have stayed away. And what am I hearing there? Am I hearing wind? Yeah, there's a lot of wind at the moment, so I'm actually on North Main Street at the moment, and on Liberty Street, which is just off it, some plaster has blown off a wall and landed on a car below. Um, so, so there are definitely gusts of wind around. The flooding luckily receded, you know, reasonably quickly after high tide abated this morning. Were you there so for any of the flooding? Were, were you in any of the flooded streets? Yeah, how high? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I didn't walk right into it, but I'd say it probably reached about, say, two feet at least in some Crikey. places. Um, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't measure it. Um, but, um, but yeah, but it, it did, it did seem to recede reasonably quickly after, after high tide abated. But there's another high tide, obviously, this evening now again at seven thirty. So there are concerns that it could be worse then if there's a lot of wind at that point. You know. Um, blow, blowing the water back up. Um, but but, but so in spite of the two feet or whatever of flooding, it doesn't seem as if businesses property-wise have been damaged because the barriers and the sandbags seem to have worked, right? Yeah, people seem to have been quite well prepared for it. I spoke to the manager of the Imperial Hotel earlier and he said that, of course, City Council had been very good in, in giving the warning about, you know, erecting barriers outside their businesses. So pr- most businesses I, I passed that were in the kind of flood zone did have good flood barriers up. Um, so most seem to have escaped, I, I ha- as far as I'm aware. Interesting to see what the rest of the day will bring because it's destined to get windier, of course, and probably wetter. Yeah, that's the main problem now, I would think. The wind, um, it seems to be picking up in the city centre at the moment, the wind. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to see what the rest of the day has in store for okay, us. Okay, well, look after yourself and stay safe, Liz. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Liz Bye. Dunphy, journalist with the Irish Examiner. Text 0868104106, wherever you are. And we'll keep an eye on it, but stay safe. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 1850 104 106. Red FM. And uh, some texts, particularly on Storm Bar. A great day for First time in about 18 months, not one mention of COVID today. It's all about the storm. I know, it's very different, isn't it? Some other story comes along, we get a rest from it. How reckless is it for bin trucks to be out since early morning, knowing when emptied they could become missiles, says Frank. 
Essential service, pal. Essential service. Fastway couriers are in operation today. I'm on the road since half past five. It's nasty, Neil, but people need to take their time and be safe and we'll be all good. Christmas won't wait around for anyone. And that's why the couriers are out and about. Does red alert mean your car insurance is not valid? No, your car insurance is always valid. The flood defence should be started on Morrison's Island uh, to save Cork City. Thank God for Barra. No COVID, says Frick. Um... It's pretty bad now. My candle just blew out. <laughs> candle? <laughs> In the middle of a power cut as well as the storm, as a consequence of the storm. My partner works for a bookmaker. She was informed that she has to go to work today or else she won't get paid. All this while all shops in the area where she works are absolutely closed. Companies are waiting on their employees to ring in saying they can't make it in so the employer doesn't have to pay them. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't have thought now, to be honest with you, that the bookmakers would be an essential service. Mind you, I suppose there's sport going on all over the world and maybe that's why they're pulling them in. Uh, Five girls working since 6 a.m. in Nurse on Call on Patrick Street. Uh, We're very settled in at the moment. It was much worse in the early early hours this morning. Hopefully it doesn't get too much worse and we can all get home safe. All we want is a Starbucks but no luck. Well, do like they did in the old days. Forget about your lattes and your cappa cappuccinis and things like that. Go and put the kettle on and have a brew. Get a couple of tea bags on board. It was amazing overnight actually. I was up until, not that anybody gives a damn about my bedtime habits but it was two o'clock when I got to bed. Uh, It wasn't because I was checking the storm although I was from time to time and it was calm as anything at 2, 2.15 this morning. But I was watching the third part of the Beatles uh, triple documentary. Uh, each episode is about two and a half hours long. And I know I mentioned it before I went away, but it for me, I found it addictive. And, and that's coming from me as not even a huge, huge Beatles fan. But I just thought it was some of the most extraordinary television that I've seen in years. Um, I don't know whether you have uh, Disney or Disney Plus or whatever, but you can find it in different apps now at this stage as well, the uh, the Beatles uh, documentary. It's like, I don't know, thir- 12 or 13 hours um, out of something like 160 hours that they edited down from the back end of 1969. But last night it culminated with the concert on the roof. And I'm, I'm never sure, is it the concert on the roof of the Apple building or the EMI building? But it was up there anyway. And they had all the footage of, footage of it. It was just incredible to watch it. The police came along. <laughs> try to stop them. It was like, uh, you know, they were manning the barricades of the front door at one stage, trying to keep the police out. Uh, so that was a two o'clock in the morning job. Anyway, for all of the business, lines are open at one 104 106 let me, let me just do other things as well. We can check in on the storm. There's nothing we can do about that. It will pass. But so will Christmas. So a uh, big response to our competition in association with the Furniture Centre Blackpool so far. We have 500 Vera vouchers to give away every single day. We're asking you to share your Christmas traditions. And we'll be doing that across the week. And thanks to the new to the Furniture Centre in Blackpool, the Watercourse Road in Blackpool for coming on board. 500 euro. You get something nice at the Furniture Centre for for Christmas for the home this side of Christmas time. So lovely emails and texts coming in. On Christmas Eve, Santa always came early at about 8 o'clock. <laughs> but before this could happen, as you say, we were down west. We went for a walk to see all of the local houses lit with mostly only candles in the windows that were just so beautiful, single candles. 
Then on the way back home, Santa would be up our chimney, his reindeer on the top of the chimney, doing his thing. Great imagination on my parents' part. Get the kids out for the walk to visit the other country houses and see the candles while Santa Claus does his thing. Thank you for that, Brenda. Lovely one from Noel. My favourite memory is when my brother's young lads were small and came to visit my parents for Christmas. When my dad went out to get a bucket of turf, Santi actually came in to say hello to the boys. Wow. Daddy missed Santi because he was out getting a bucket of turf. And in came Santa Claus. Say hello to the boys. He stayed for a quick chat and then he left. When my dad came back in with the turf, the boys excitedly told him how he missed Santi's visit. And that would happen year in, year out. And poor daddy always pulled the short straw. One of my favorite Christmas traditions is spending Christmas Eve listening to my wonderful life, long musician friend and neighbor, The Frosts, playing fabulous live music at the Inniscarra Bar. There's a real community spirit and magic there. Then afterwards, having tea and a sneak peek of Christmas cake by the fire with the family. It'd be lovely to win one of your vouchers for my mum and dad and the Frosts, as due to the pandemic, I'm not able to come home from abroad this Christmas. I don't want to risk bringing COVID with me. It would be a lovely surprise for them, says Claire Horgan, remembering happy days at the Inniscarra Bar. My Christmas tradition is going to the in- going to Inchidani Beach for a Christmas morning swim in aid of the Donmanway Daycare Unit in CUH. There's a great atmosphere on the beach on that morning, says Mary from Enniskeen. Fair play to you. The great tradition we had uh, was after dinner, we'd have a pint glass of ice cream and pour Tanora in on top of it. Oh, that sounds fantastic. That's like a cork sundae pint of ice cream with Tanora poured in on top of it. Every Stephen's Day we would visit my dad's brother John and Auntie Elise in Mayfield for our tea on Stephen's Day. My dad would order a princess car or a fancy car like a limo from O'Connor's to take us there by treat. Another funny one was that one year my dad won a turkey and it arrived at the house fully feathered. My mam nearly had a heart attack. Luckily enough we had a neighbour, Mrs Murphy, who was a dab hand at plucking turkeys. So Christmas was saved. They're just a couple of the many lovely memories I have. Don't know who you are, it's unsigned, but a beautiful, beautiful memory. And seriously, thank you so much for sharing. Now, meanwhile, uh, recently, Seamus Whelan was down. Uh, this is lovely because he does this every year and it's great to, to share these stories with you. He was down at the Yall District Nursing Home in Gertrude in East Cork. What was he down there? Christmas memories. He spoke to some of the residents about their memories of Christmas of old. And we'll hear some lovely stories this morning, including the lovely Kay. So let's have a listen to that. This is from uh, the Yall District Nursing Home in Gertrude in East Cork. My earliest memories, I have memories from about four or five, I think. And I can remember my mother, we were far, we were in the country and uh, she, she, she was real turkeys. So they were sold before Christmas and she would then on the big shop for Christmas when she had the money. And she, they were at the shop where she did most for grocery shopping. She got what they call a Christmas box, and in that there could be a cake, and there'd be this big red candle, red wax candle, and uh, uh, there'd be jellies and various little things. We had we had we had pigs as well, so we had our own. We, my father picked out a good ham. We had our own ham, and then on Christmas. You see, we were out in the country, you see, we had no light, no electricity, 
then the, the tree then at Christmas Eve, like I remember that when we were four or five, we go along, then all the neighbours would put smaller candles in their windows. They might put two or three in each window, and we'd walk along the road to see all these lights, and we thought it was pure magic. <laughs> like Disney it was. We didn't know what Disney was then. And then we we came home with the with a good fire on, and we we would um, then we, we were tired. We went to bed, and I can remember then I got this lovely doll for Christmas. And it was I was more fascinated with the box it was in. And after two days or so, I decided it was time to give her a wash, and of course all the colour came off her face. <laughs> she she. She didn't look very attractive then. Of course, there were tears, naturally, but that was, but that, they were my memories of Christmas. And how early would you put your Christmas decorations up? Would you put them up as early as now, like they do in November? No, we would not. We, the only thing we had then was a bit of a tinsel paper to make up ourselves, to put up big chains of it. They were the only Christmas. And was it two weeks before and a week after? Was not that the at room? all. Nothing would go up until after the 8th of December anyway. That was the, that was the uh, no, but we didn't have all the plastic stuff, and they have nowadays. But uh, uh, so no, it was mostly we'd make it ourselves, or, you know, the the paper and, mm-hmm. and make little balls and and uh, sew them together, and you'd get a fine shade put across the the ceiling. So simpler times. Simpler times. another update then with some bits and pieces happening um, or anything to do with City Hall's closed today including uh, the Cork City Hall vaccination centre closed all day today but appointments have been rescheduled for that the ESB have a site actually where you can check for outages uh, there's something like uh, 3,049 customers across Cork now with uh, no power half of those are in Bishopstown alone apparently uh, we still have power and we're nowhere we're actually very near to to Bishopstown. Imagine we, we've got generators, I suppose, that kick in, but you can keep an eye on that at powercheck.esbnetworks.ie. Check out those. George from the Rowing Forties lives in the city, he lives in the Marsh area, and he's sending me photographs all morning uh, from different parts of the city. He actually showed and sent me photographs of a car that was parked up and left on North Main Street. Some of the plaster, um, Owen English and Liz Dunphy refer to it, or Liz Dunphy refer to it. The examiner plaster fell off the side of a building, landed on the roof of the car. I don't know how much damage it did. It certainly looks as if it's done damage to the roof. But uh, she, he also sent me a photograph of the um, different businesses that are open. And apparently Centra on Grand Parade is open. Deals is open as well. And then there's some other photographs of the city where there isn't a soul around. Not a single soul. Just the odd person. Probably Liz, just Liz Dunphy and indeed uh, George from the Roaring Forties. We're back after 10, lads. Text 0868104106. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 
Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, lots of great giveaways as we head into uh, Christmas and we're well and truly on the track now. And of course, we have the Furniture Centre giving us 500 euro vouchers for your Christmas memories and traditions while Michelle, the jewellers, are giving a daily 200 euro voucher and on Friday, a 1,000 euro voucher to be spent at Michelle Jewellers family run business 60 years in business on Patrick Street so this is all to do with bling uh, and I suppose a bit of sparkle in your life so we've got three songs again for you don't call just yet I'll play them a few times between now and 10 minutes to midday you know the drill at this stage if you're a regular listener identify the artists and the songs so I need both ideally in the right order we'll bring somebody on air um, okay so you can hear it now for the first time don't just call yet um, a little later on, the, on this morning but these all have to do with bling and sparkle and gold and diamonds and shiny things Always I love it have a listen again Three songs back to back when I opened the phone lines around about 10 minutes to midday. Lines are open. Thank God we have phone lines back again today, which is great. Lines open at 1850 104 106. Do stay in touch. I just want to go back downtown because, of course, many, many businesses put out the sandbags and put up the water and flood barriers, and it seems to have made a very big difference. The Mall is a problem area with flooding at the best of times. Sinead Ryan is the manager of the Imperial Hotel in the Mall, joins me by phone. Sinead, good morning. Good morning, how are we doing? I am, I'm good. Now, with all of your guests in the hotel, I'd say you're digging out the Monopoly boards and digging out the Scrabble, are you, to occupy their time or what? Oh, oh totally. We were there this morning throwing ducks down the South Mall to give them a bit of a swim. So, yeah, anything to keep our guests happy. Are you busy? I hear hotels are very busy these days. Um, we are, thank God we're blessed. Um, we have a lot of repeat business. So, as you know, we're family-run hotels, so we look after our guests. So, they, they come back to us constantly. So, it's good. Staff get to work this morning? Um, I must say I am blessed with the most amazing team. Some of them got out of bed this morning at half past four to take a lift into work early with myself and a few others um, just in case they couldn't come in and they've all got their overnight bags just in case they can't leave. That's fantastic. How have you got on overnight in the morning flood? Um, So we were well and truly prepared. Our night manager had most of the... um, barriers up. The only one that needed to be put up today was the one on the main entrance into the hotel. Um, Now, we were lucky it didn't come right to the door, but um, Cork City Council are very good at giving everyone a little bit of heads up, so we were prepared and thank you to them for that. The last few hours then was all hands to the pump quite literally. It it, it was. Like, um, when I came into work this morning at quarter to five, a bit windy, but nothing major. And then from, we'll say, 7.04, they just the flow down the South Mall. It just came very, very And I quick. suppose when you're witnessing that, you have no idea how bad it's actually going to get. You're literally, it's a waiting game, isn't it? Uh, yes. And as we said the last time, like, I'm a small woman, so, um, with a big mouth, but it <laughs> went up to, like, my, above my ankles to my shins the last time. So, we just were extra prepared this morning. So, right, okay. thank God we didn't get the worst of it. We're just going to be prepared now for this evening with the high tide again at 7.30. Okay, you don't so. see many people around in the city, I'd say, do you? 
now we opened the cafe just if anybody wanted to pop for a takeaway coffee and there's a, there's a few around now our guests uh, one or two left this morning to get flights um, now we did tell them if the flight doesn't take off come back and we'll hold on to the rooms for them just in case um, and there's a lot of RT around so you know yourself we're just keeping everybody fed and washed ok well listen thanks for the update appreciate it no problem alright and take care take care Sinead Ryan at the Imperial meanwhile Bernice has the pleasure of living in the city she's a resident in Morrison's Island down the key area joins me by phone Bernice good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. How's it been for you since you woke up? Were you kept awake or anything? The winds have been terrible here. They're, 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 especially on the side of Morrison's Island that I'm living on. Uh, I'm on the riverside, so the winds, the winds will be howling. Uh, and uh, the, the, it's 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 flooded as well, and both both roads are closed. You know Morrison's Key there, Morrison's Island, and areas like that. Have the floods not gone now and dropped away? Well, from what I heard on all the news bulletins, uh, both both of the roads are were closed. So you're combined. You're confined to indoors today, then, are you? Yeah. yeah. You hear me, all right? Yeah, yeah, I, I I made sure to get stuff in Centra last night. What'd you get? Like slice pan, was it? Butter, milk? Uh, mi- milk and bread and cigarettes and all, all of that kind of thing. <laughs> I, know, I know the way people panic, don't they? I saw photographs again. I don't know whether they're real or fake or photographs from the beast from the east. But d- Tesco... I remember the last yeah. time we got flooded here and to the... Uh, it goes way up over the steps and everything. Oh, I know, I know, and, and we have to take it seriously. Yes, I know, we have to take it seriously. But the um, the shopping aisles in Tesco, you know, the bread aisles. Yeah. <laughs> no bread, none, all gone. Yeah, it would. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. All right. Well, listen. Stay uh, when when it when it floods in Morrison's Island, it really floods like. And you can't go anywhere when that happens unless you got big high welly boots no, on you. Because they're, they're just on the wrong side of the river, like. Okay. Well, listen. Stay uh, safe. It will. All, all it, the uh, uh, when when it rains, it rain it rains. Whether we get the rain when when other people get the sun, and we get the sun. <laughs> when other people get the rain. <laughs> Your own microclimate in Morrison's yeah. Island. All right. Thanks for the update, Bernie. Stay safe. Stay in touch. Thanks for the text. Cheers for now. George Patterson's been out since early morning. Camera in hand. He's been banging off photographs to me and comments all morning long. I read them out, but uh, they keep on coming, so I said it'd be better to bring him on air himself. George, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And one of the more important updates is that um, people can get coffee in the city, I'm told. Is that right? Yeah, Coffee Roasters um, uh, at the end of Academy Street uh, is open. As is, uh, uh, yeah, Coffee Roasters, sorry, at the end of French Church Street right. and the one at the end of Academy Street, they're open because they live close. There's a shed, uh, again, down um, French Church Street who is open uh, and, and they are um, they're hairdressers. Yeah, but again, they're, for people that are close, they're coming in, they had appointments already. So Who'd want to get their hair done on a windy day, incidentally? I know, it's a bit mad, isn't it? <laughs> like the minute yeah, you go outside the door, it's wrecked. Just stand outside and you get a new hairstyle. You get a free blow dry. Um, Starbucks told you they were open uh, on Emmett Place, but oh, yeah, not to tell anybody, open. is it? I said, no, I said to them, um, I said, 
I'll take this photograph and send it to a friend of mine and he'll put it out there for you. And they went, no! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, there's some people on Patrick Street, nurses on call, work out of an office on Patrick Street and they'll be right over to Starbucks because they're dying for a Starbucks coffee. You were up on the North Main Street and you saw that plaster. Did that damage the roof of that car? It did, yeah. It doesn't look so damaged. It's probably scratched and everything. There's no windscreen damage or... um, it, there's just uh, it's plaster so it's like you know if I had fallen on somebody it would have, have stung them and hurt them yeah. you know but um, it, I don't think it was lethal and okay. I don't think it's lethal to the car either ok well thankfully nobody was injured in that case Central and the Grand Parade yeah, are open deals are open North Main Street are the businesses open or closed uh, everything seems to be shut down North Main yeah. Street yeah. but T.W. T. Murray and Co the efficient tackle shop in um on uh, Graham, on um, St. Patrick Street, they're open. I said to him, y- you're open for fishermen? He said, yes, fishermen and ducks. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds windy there, though, right? It is windy. It's blustery. The people, I've, the people I talk to, um, they say it's reminiscent of New Year's Day, a brand new brand new start to a year. You know, it's fresh, it's cold, it's blustery. It's quiet, and uh, and it's quiet, um, but it's, it's lovely, actually. But you couldn't miss the opportunity to get out in it, right? No, I couldn't. I, well, I, I looked at the... You're saying about, of course, uh, all the works at the Bonds, so I walked her up there. She normally goes up on a bike, so I walked her and the dog up there. And on the way back, I was looking at the weather, and I was thinking, we have dodged a bullet here. Um, I must go and have a look without being stupid, you know. Uh, yeah, but it's early um, days yet. I hope you are right, but there's more to come across yeah, the day, you know. So do stay safe. Um, uh, oh, yes, I will. And yeah. if, if you so, continue to... Everything seems, I'm keeping my eyes up most of the time, just look at the rings coming down. Yeah, that's a, that photograph from Marks and Spencer's, or what was Marks and Spencer's on Patrick Street, and that huge stack of newspapers. What's that about? I I don't know. When were they delivered? I have no idea. They must have been delivered this morning, but who are they for? Uh, well, I would imagine they would, because Marks and Sparks have got a, uh, actually in there, they've got a, uh, uh, they've got news agents in there. They've got what? You can buy you can buy newspapers from there. Oh, I thought it was all closed up. Not today. It's closed up today, yes. And they're just sat outside. Well, so I mean... They obviously, you, they obviously forgot to... Um, bring the papers uh, in. ...cancel the newspaper order. <laughs> <laughs> That's one hell of a stack of newspapers, I can tell you. Anyway, all right, listen, I can hear the wind there. Stay I've, safe. I've delivered most of them now. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later alright cheers alright talk to you later Love oh you. man fair play to you filter coffee and George's key is open as well thank you to the one and only Billy McGill who's out with his camera as well I'd say you couldn't stop the great Billy McGill um, a lot of coffee shops open incidentally <laughs> no slice pan but lots of coffee this is the Neil Prenderville show tweet the show at Neil Red FM 104 to 106 Red FM Sarah good morning Good morning, Abe. How are you doing? I'm Welcome well. Back from your uh, thank you. A second good morning, because the first time I tried to talk to you, we had all sorts of problems with our phone line. So apologies for that. Just just recapping. I know that Mick had been talking uh, with various people about tanning last week, and they were going on about the serious shortage of um, tanning products. So more and more people would be using sunbeds, apparently, particularly with the run up to Christmas, I suppose, you know, to, to look glam. Um, but you had your own story to share regarding sunbeds, didn't you? Yes, Neil. I suppose um, I just came in on the middle of the conversation on Friday morning and I just messaged in to say that I had a bit of a health scare recently myself 
Um, I suppose, you know, the whole thing when you're in your 20s, you're going on your first few holidays, mm-hmm. uh, holidays for the first time. And um, I would have used holidays. And as I had said to you earlier in the call, you know, I would have hired some beds out in my house and things like that. So um, that would have been my thing. I would have gone to tanning, tanning salons and um, would have used them really up to last year. OK. And when you hired them, did you hire them for considerable periods of time? Um, I would have, yes, I suppose. Uh, I remember back like 30 years ago, it would have been a case of like, you'd probably get the bed maybe for maybe 160 euros for maybe four, four weeks a month. Right. And in that month then, yeah. how long would you be on it? Oh, I'd start, I sub- I'd start off gradual, gradually. I'd start maybe four, five, six minutes and then I could work up to maybe 20 minutes. Okay. And would that be daily? Daily, yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. And that was just to prime yourself up and bronze yourself up for the holidays. Correct. And Correct. why? I mean, I often wonder why was the point? What was the point in doing that if you were going to go away for two weeks' holidays in the sun and get a natural tan anyway? Well, I suppose I know for myself and a lot of women that we, that I would be talking to, and I have discussed all these things with previously. We want an instant tan yeah. going on holidays yeah. that we don't have to work on it. And I suppose. Um, I'm a type I wouldn't tan very quickly and I would burn so that would be the only benefit that I would say that a lot of people have said as well that when you use sunbeds you don't burn when you go on holidays gotcha okay it actually adds adds a layer of protection you're telling me I mean I can remember you talk talk about 30 odd years ago I can remember being on beaches 30 odd years ago overseas and women were using oil I remember some products like Hawaii bronze oil which was like an oil so, so you're actually basting your, baking your yeah, skin, weren't sizzling, you? Sizzling, sizzling, sizzling. People correct. didn't realise yeah, the damage, I suppose, would be done. And then your your skin ends up, in, in some cases, kind of leathery and dry, doesn't it? Totally, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes. So yes, but you know what? I think a lot of us we just get caught up with the whole vanity, just wanting to look our best. I know. Oh, well, listen, it's still yes. going on. People are forever. I don't know about tanning salons so much anymore now, but fake tan is very popular, isn't it? It's literally the tan in the bottle. It's fantastic. I'm only just learning about it. And even before I had my health scare there, maybe four or five weeks ago, um, the nice bit of weather we had during the summer, I actually didn't even expose myself for the first time because I have a teenage daughter and she's educating me now on on false tans. And... You know, um, it's it's something that I will be doing in future. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know if you recall the beta carotene that used to be used years ago, the tablets. Um, oh, correct. <laughs> yes, have them on. <laughs> not turn your skin orange. Like you're not like an umpa lumpa. No, I orange. got something in in a similar shop in town, a health shop, and uh, they, you know what? Actually, I felt it made me tan quicker. <laughs> but not orange, no brown. No, 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 no. I was one of the lucky ones, I'd say. <laughs> tell me, no, but seriously, tell me about the health scare. Was that picked up at a dentist or something today here? Correct, correct. You know what? Um, my son had got his Hondas, um, uh, the summer Hondas, and just before he got his summer Hondas in the summer, um, I noticed a mole on his ear. And I had said to him, I said, is this new? And he was kind of, you know, he wasn't making much of it. But I was, I was conscious there was a new mole on his ear. So we'd been to the school dentist during the summer Hondas, and she said to me, I think you should get that checked. So it was actually for my son that I rang my GP to get a referral. 
And as I was there, I said, look, there's this moan in my leg that's kind of rubbing up against my clothes recently and it's changed a bit. So anyway, moving on, I got my referral letter. My son didn't. And when I went to the South Infirmary, I think it was about five weeks ago, they were super, super amazing. They checked the mole on my leg. That wasn't an issue. And they said, did I have any other other concerns? And I said, you know what? I said, recently I said I have a, a, a mole on my neck, I said, and it's itchy. So when they looked at it, they said to me, you need to come back in the afternoon and what to is, remove what it. What is that? Is it like a brown patch or something? It actually was. It was a darker shade over the, the lighter shade of the mould. Did they do a biopsy on that? They did. They did. And um, I was back with them two weeks ago and um, I met with the consultant and I met with a cancer nurse, which was scary. Oh. And there was three of them in the room and they were super, super amazing. And um, they said what I had was uh, the small, the smallest amount of cancer. It's 0.6 uh, meters uh, melanoma. And, um, you know, they were saying, well done for taking the action. And as I said, look, it was down to my son's dentist. I yeah. said, this wasn't the issue. You know, yeah. I went because of my leg. And um, so they removed it and the first time round and I, I what they had said to me then what I need to do is I'm actually meeting with a plastic surgeon this Friday to just talk about it they're going to cut deeper around the hole the scar what where they had cut previously yeah. and everything has been taken out but just for precaution they're going to uh, cut deeper again and uh, more around the circle. And you're happy with that, obviously, because you want it out for good without any return. A million percent, yeah. million percent. Could you, I, I wonder, what, little, you know what, sorry, if you have a little what? I have a little scar here, and you know what, I look at it and I say, well done, well done that it's gone. You what know? would have happened if you'd uh, done nothing about it? I really don't know. Yeah. I really, really don't know. I just count my blessings that... Um, you know, they did pick up around the day and even when I went back for the news, they gave me um, a, thorough examina- a thorough examination. Again, they were absolutely amazing. And tell me this, um, how do you know it was connected to to tanning beds? Um, well, I suppose I was honest with them when I told them and, um, you know, I would have gone on holidays and, you know... You worship the sun anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I put my hands up, I did abuse them, you know, and... As they said to me, I'll always have to wear factor 50 now going out. And what did you use on the beach? Was it, how, how low were, was your factor when you were worshipping the sun? Oh, it was the last day or two of the holiday factor too. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know, yeah. and I would have, I would have burnt, you know, um, but um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like a, an addiction, an obsession like anything else, you know, um, just wanting to look dark and look your best. Better, better to get it out of a bottle then, I suppose. Definitely, that's the way forward at this stage now, Neil. Definitely. Must have been a frightening for a few weeks waiting for the uh, waiting for the diagnosis, though. I mean, that must have been scary it, for you. It was, it was. But you know what? I have to say, um, when they told me to go back over on the Friday afternoon after my first appointment on the Friday morning, they, the staff were amazing. They really were amazing mm. in the South Infirmary. And, um, you know, the, the doctor that did the little procedure, she was, you know, she was great crack and she said to me, we prefer to be dealing with the older people because they're all wrinkled around the neck <laughs> and you've no wrinkles here. So Charming. they were trying, you know, she was being so careful yeah. not to leave a big scar. Yeah, and you know like something, that. it's also great for them because all too often they have to give very bad news and in your case, Correct. it was the opposite. Correct. So, Correct. well done 
done yeah, for the early yeah. intervention. I suppose you could thank your son for it at the end of the day. Totally, and and for the school dentist that had referred uh, referred him on. So I had learned that my son hasn't heard anything, but they do say kids under sixteen wouldn't be how would I say, um, in danger of skin cancer. All it right. would be the older generation. Yes, maybe. but let's just, okay, he let's just take, take them at their word, but let's get a result on them nonetheless ASAP. That's true, yeah. that's true, okay. exactly. Okay, okay. okay well, you, do- you dodged a bullet there, that's for sure, Sarah. I did, Neil, and it will be false tan all the way and um, <laughs> just looking after my skin from now on. You know, right. And do you know what, Neil? I think the whole thing with Vicky Whelan, um, you know, I followed her there on Instagram and, yeah, you know, she's yeah. trying to hold on till Christmas oh, for, for her kids sake. and stuff like that. You know, I think it's a lesson for all of us, really. You know, we just need to get ourselves checked. And our thoughts are with Vicky, of course, the brave lady that she of is. Of course, of course. Listen, lovely exactly. chatting with you. Apologies for the earlier, earlier, earlier phone call, Sarah, but thanks for taking the call. Mind yourself. Happy Christmas. No problem. Thanks, Neil. Likewise, take care. Incredible song, absolutely. Christy McCall joining the Pogues and Shane McGowan for Fairy Tale of New York. I believe that was actually written for a bet. I think Shane McGowan had a bet, and if I remember correctly, it's something to do with a bet he had uh, with Elvis Costello way back in the day as to could you write or you could never write or bet you couldn't write a Christmas song. I think he rattled it out in an hour or two as it happens, and it's become a masterpiece and a classic ever since then. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil. Red FM. Amazing text coming in already with regards to Fairy Tale of New York. Well done, Neil. You played it the way it's meant to be heard. Another one here. Love the show. Great to hear Fairy Tale of New York in all its glories, says Ross in Cargoline, and there's others like that. Uh, I think what's happening is, um, like, I know the BBC have banned that song now, and other, I think some radio stations beep various words. Um, I won't go out of my way in any way, shape, or form to, uh, to demean or insult anybody. I think Shane McGowan said something similar, but I would rather not play it at all than play a beeped version of it but um, so I don't know whether I don't know what will happen ultimately with songs like uh, Fairy Tale of New York maybe they like many other things will be that song will be cancelled at some stage I know there was a big push on last year I don't know whether that's gathered momentum uh, anyway lines open text 0868104106 on Storm Barra I'll keep you up to date uh, it's passing over us now and will for some hours to come Greg says nothing happening in Mayfield mind you Carmel says 113 kilometre gust down here in Shirkin. Mind you, Angelito down in Bandon. Just like a normal winter's day here in Bandon, says he. Windy in Bandon, but not too bad for the moment, says Maggie. Uh, very high winds here in Kinsale. Stay safe, everybody, says Siobhan. Morning, says Jim, living in Ballycotton. Great drying here. Washing machine is flat out. Uh, you won't need the tumble dryer today, I suppose. Mobile home has lost its roof in Roberts Cove. Pretty bad here in Rocky Bay, says Kaylee. Helen says, very windy with driving rain near Glandor. You certainly wouldn't go outside. Um, uh, da, 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 embarrassing again that this is considered a, a red warning. Shutting counties down. I'd hate to see the reaction here to a hurricane or a typhoon that they deal with in other parts of the world. But hey, this is just typical of Ireland. Lyndon saying that we've all gone too soft. Uh, it's grand in Castle Martyr, a few heavy puffs now and then. 
But apart from that, nothing more than a windy winter's day, says Kate. Well, it is what it is. I don't know how much worse it's going to get across the day, uh, but it could turn out to be mortifying. But we can't say at this point in time. We'll just have to wait and see. Buddy of mine, JJ, sent me some photographs of Crookhaven this morning. He describes it as being nasty. Living near Ballycotton, great drying. Another one there. Grand and Castle Martyr, a few heavy puffs, they're saying. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. And incidentally, there was a text came in a little earlier on saying there was a Ryanair plane flying overhead at 5,000 feet for about a half an hour trying to land in Cork from London this morning. Uh, How it was left to leave London, I do not know. It's now landed after being diverted to Shannon, apparently. Okay, so stay in touch on that and we'll revisit throughout the course of the morning. Just with regards to sunbeds, because I know Mick Mull talked about this on air on Friday and he was chatting with the likes of Audrey, the tanning guru. guru. Apparently there's an awful shortage of uh, fake tan, bottle tan. Um, and then they got talking about um, you know people who uh, were slaves to sunbeds all their life. Texter here says, I know how this woman feels. She's referring to my chat uh, on air with, um, with Sarah. She says, I know how this woman feels. I had a scare this time last year. I discovered a small scratch on my back. I did sunbeds all my life. I got referred and it was a BCC, which is a basic uh, a basal cell carcinoma, which is a type of skin cancer. She says, I had two surgeries to remove it. I would never touch a sunbed again. Mary Jane got in touch, better known to most people as Glamity Jane, beauty expert and columnist. And she says that uh, she did lots of skin damage. Uh, to sunbeds when she was much younger. Uh, Jane, Mary Jane, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Good. How young like were you when you jumped into one of them first? Well, I, 18. I was 18. Um, I was working um, on Patrick Street, you know, and uh, sure, you were right in the middle of all the uh, beauty salons and places that would have had them there. That would have been the late 90s, um, early 2000s. And I did them, I'd say, probably for about three years. Um, and of course you'd feel amazing and you'd look great and everyone was telling me that my eyes were bluer with the tan and everything but um, you know I'm I'm obviously paying the price for it now um, and being you know so skin conscious In what way are you paying the price? Well I mean I have um, some um, skin some sun damage so I have little small um, like what what would be known as pigmentation or sun damage. Yeah. So I have a little bit of that on, on my face and on my chest area. And that is purely, I mean, I suppose I'm like every Irish person, um, well, most Irish people. I would have maybe started going on holidays when I was about 14 or 15, but I would have been ver- on very high sun factor and stuff like that. My parents would have put very high sun factor 30s on 30s and 40s and, and 50s as a kid yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I like. But when you got your wings, that changed, I suppose. Yes, exactly. And like when I started going on holidays myself, and when I would have started going on prolonged, like three week holidays, you know, uh, to the sun and that, I would have been a mega, mega sun worshiper. Yeah. Um, and that was just for a short period. I suppose the sun, like I stopped with the sunbeds, but then I stayed with the sun, kind of sunbathing, probably for another year or two, and then I suppose. Like everyone else, it started coming out then that the sun was bad for your skin and that there was skin cancer. But like Neil, under 18, could you use the sunbeds up to 2014? It was only in 2014 that that um, bill was introduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as young, so, as, young I mean, as you wanted, like before that. Yeah. Exactly, as like, and you know, there was a massive, massive um, trend for 
um, communion kits and stuff like that. It was crazy, crazy years ago. But beauty um, is your thing and how people look is your thing. Um, do yes. people use them anymore? They do. I mean, definitely in Ireland, it's le- it's definitely less prevalent. People are a little bit more educated. And the amount of places that have tanning facilities now, I think, have probably reduced compared to what it would have been, we'll say, 10 years ago. Yeah. So 10 years ago, you could probably go into a, a beauty salon and they might have, a, you know, they'll, they'll have all their waxing and all their normal services. But out the back, they would have had maybe one of the lie down or the stand up sunbeds. A lot of beauty salons now have replaced that with spray tanning rooms. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. because they realise, obviously, that it's safer. There's a massive, I mean, there's 850 people approximately a year diagnosed with skin cancer in Ireland. Um, you know, or there are thereabouts. So it's it's very, it's very difficult to kind of... to. Avoid we crave the sun, yeah. Noise. We crave the sun and our yeah. complexion doesn't lend well to the sun. So we go overseas and then, I suppose, people go crazy. And, you know, on the Fitzpatrick scale of skin, we'll say, which will go from one to five, most people, most Irish people are kind of a one or a two. So, like, we don't tan. Like, when you're tanning your skin, you're actually damaging your skin. In what way? I mean, does it become kind of leathery or, like, around the face or the neck, leathery and dry? Melanin rushes to the, the surface of the skin to try and protect your skin. So... It's it's it is it is there is no such thing as a healthy tan realistically, and dermatologists and, and skin experts will tell you that, um, your your that your your own skin's uh, defense mechanism, and that's why people say that are that have uh, red hair or whatever would burn, you know the way you can burn people that have yeah. very very light skin yeah. will burn and blister. Yeah, that's that's your own skin kind of reacting to the sun I mean we've so all it's, seen it's we've all seen people who are, who are getting on a bit in life and clearly they seem to have deep tans but their skin is absolutely bait would that be because absolutely simply like, that's, like a handbag yeah and and that's evidently from too much I'm not saying it's sunbeds or anything but it's being slaves or worshipping the sun yes and you would see like a lot of we say when when you know in the 60s and 70s maybe when foreign holidays became a thing for people, you know, even for maybe wealthier people or whatever, you know, they would have gone and been ma- massive, massive sun worshippers. So I remember when I was working in skincare on a full-time basis um, in a clinic, I would see women in their kind of, at that stage, in their 50s and 60s yeah. that would be coming in that would have massive amounts of sun damage and their skin is really thick and leather-like. If you look at that woman, um, you know, that, that show Benidorm and you know the woman Madge on the the mobility tutor she's a granny kind of you're assuming I watched that show which unfortunately (laughs) I don't give me a description (laughs) well she's just she has this like what I could only describe now Neil as a teak kind of mahogany teak kind of look to her skin do you know what that's because they were using zero factor oil like the stuff you'd baste a turkey with oh sure listen I remember my own mother Neil sitting out the back and putting olive oil on herself. There you go. So she was the kind of dark skin. But like that, that, that was, I mean, that was the, the way it was back in those days. So now it's definitely safer. And you know what? Fake tan now has become so accessible as well, Neil. You know, you can get a good bottle of fake tan for about seven ninety nine. Now you can pay up to 30 or 40 or 50 euro for a bottle. You just of tan the visible one. parts. Is that it, Mary Jane? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I could say something rude now, but I won't. But like, just, I mean, at this time of year now, it's only the ankles and the wrists you want to be doing. 
What is it they say in Cork when someone's looking really well? They say, you're my hog, girl. My hog. <laughs> That's not such a good thing though anymore. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And oh, it is, it, it's bottle. definitely, I mean, it would have been associated with health, but now it's more of a glow people are looking for. A glow? You know? what's, a, what's a glow? That's perspiration, is it? No, it's it's kind of like um like Red. a highlight is kind of more of a sheeny kind of look. So you know you're kind of do you know what it is now? You're like it's like you had um a weekend in Marbella rather than two weeks in Tunisia. <laughs> That's what you're looking for. That's the look. That's the Healthy look. <laughs> With those words of advice, I shall move on. Fair play to Mary okay. Jane, as always. Mind yourself. Bye. Take Bye. care. Bye. Lines open at one 850 Go for a weekend in Marbella rather than two or three weeks in Tunisia. It's better for your skin. Lines open at one 850 You can text 868 Back after the break, we've got some great stories for you across the week, particularly uh, for our hampers, just like home.ie. We have a couple of stories. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Text 0868104106 and Middleton Town a Christmas tree is falling down. That's not because it was badly put up, it was, but it's to do with the wind strength of that, you can be sure. So we'll keep you abreast of that in the next hour or so. But we've just like home hampers again to send all over the world this side of Christmas time. And the time's against me, the clock's against me on this because we've got to get men in the post. Uh, and I just want to catch up actually with Helen, um, who was on the air with me last year and she was talking about her son Jason in America. Uh, she joins me by phone again. Helen, good morning. <laughs> Hang on a second, let me get the phone lines right. Helen, can you hear me now? I can, I can. <laughs> of course. Can you turn the radio down there, girl? Just give me a, just give me your full attention. You there? I am. All I'm right. here. How's golden, How is Golden Balls? Oh, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> He's, um, he was on now about three weeks ago from what he wanted in his parcel. Where is he? What part of America is he in again? He's in Ohio. In Ohio? Ohio. Okay. Yeah, that's All where right. he is. Okay. And he hasn't been home in a long time, no, Golden Balls? He was home last year. Was he? He was. And he got caught in the lockdown <laughs> when he came home. And he was here for nearly three months. He couldn't get home. And his ticket came back up the line again. He, and was he home with Mammy? He was? He was home with Mam, being me beautiful boy. I love him to death. <laughs> but you have other kids, don't you? I have. I have four more. Oh, why don't you love them as much as Golden Balls? Oh, I love them more than the world can say and they're with me every day of the week and I see them every day of the week. He's spoiled, you see, because you don't yeah. see him. Jason's yeah, spoiled. He's, he's, he's ruined Graham because he's the one that I don't get. Like, only does video calls now when the kids come on and it's just heartbreaking when you see them and they're waving to you. I know, I know, oh, geez, I know. I hate it. I, and hate it. I know when he was home then for the three months he must have gone back to America four stone heavier, did he? <laughs> you know what he did when he was here and he, and he wouldn't believe he took the dog out every day and I think the dog got depressed when he went to bed <laughs> <laughs> because the dog didn't move all he was doing was looking in the porch window at us oh, and the dog never moved every time there was a knock at the door he talked to us him and after the three months was he happy to go back to Ohio was he thinking oh, he was he no, was he wasn't he thinking was, I'd like was. to stay or anything no not, not the kids are too young and wild. <laughs> the kids are too young and wild. If they, when they get bigger, with the help of God, with the help of God. I heard you sent him a hamper there last year, and he never got it, or he got it later. Something. Yeah, I sent the hamper. I went all the ways around, landed in JF Kennedy Airport, and came all the ways back to Cork. What the heck? Why didn't go on to Ohio? I don't know. I don't know. 
I came back, I had to go up to Church Street, collect it, take what? it back down to my friend in the post office in Blackpool, Elaine, she's a lovely girl. <laughs> we resent it and he got it the second time. What was in it? There was curry sauce, custard, uh, sweets, dime bars, big bars of Calbury's chocolate, um, you name it, no. Was there any, was there any Bisto gravy in there at oh, all? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> tubs of Bisto gravy, tubs of it, tubs of uh, custard. I heard you also sent him face cream, did you? <laughs> I did, I did, I did, I did, I sent him, I sent him Dublin Nivea cream and everything for his face. <laughs> My lovely, my lovely son's little face. <laughs> my lovely son's little face. Oh, I tell you, no need. He's the love of my life. I love him to death. I thought mammies were supposed to send their sons Christmas pajamas and things. You send many oh, PJs. I sent them loads of boxer shorts, <laughs> t-shirts, <laughs> and I just posted a, a box now again two weeks ago <laughs> with. Another load of stuff inside in it. Their Christmas presents now for the kids. Their cards with their dollars in it. Their tracksuits. God bless JDs. Where do we left handed for giving them money? <laughs> <laughs> uh, t-shirts for him. Tracksuit bottoms. I tell you, hoodies. I tell you, the girl in the post office. I had and she said, in all fairness, when are you going to stop? I said, probably when I'm six for under. <laughs> You remind me of Bernice and her oh. and her hamper going to Australia. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, you know, there was everything you name it. No, pepper, <laughs> pepper was in there. I'd like. Pe- uh, what do you pepper. mean pepper? You can get pepper in America, woman. Oh, he likes the, he likes the sacks of pepper here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who sends their son custard? Like who eat custard anyway? Me. Like is he is, custard? Is he it, bir- it birds custard? Is it a bird eye custard? Um, McDonald's curry sauce. How do you get oh. the McDonald's curry sauce? In the super, in the super, and leave it in the tubs and put it in uh, three boxes of um, oh. tubs of sweets, all taken out of the tubs, put into the plastic bags. The heroes, the roses, and the quality street. What about ta- bags separate? What about Tato? Oh, Tato's went in. Tato's went in. All loose, all loose. Take them out of the bag because the bag would have popped. And you, wait a second. You took them out of the six pack, but you didn't oh, take yeah. the crisps out of the packets. No, 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 no. I took out the 12 packs of crisps already. What flavours? Like, what flavour did you send them? Cheese and onion. He loves cheese and onion. They're his favourites. Golden balls. They're his golden balls. <laughs> well, I was telling him, I said, Graham, I said, I'm going to train away, I said, for a hamper this year for you to go all the way to Ohio. Okay, well, listen, hang in there. I'll come back to you after 11 o'clock to finish this conversation. Oh, my God. Between, between Bernice and Helen, we've got two handy dockets, in fairness. Don't you just love it? Back after 11, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850-104106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850 104 106. Red FM. So, Helen. Yeah. I suppose yeah. we better send all golden balls a hamper then, will we? Oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. But come here. Will that mean that you won't be sending them one then? Because I don't want to be sending the same stuff as you, you see. No, no, no. Mine is gone now. He got all clothes in mine. For oh, this. right. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to have, what will be in this hamper from us, okay, right? From, tell him. Just what? like home.ie. There are six bags of potato, ch- cheese and onion, meanies, hula hoops, Barry's Tea Gold Blend, box of tea bags, uh, Lion's Original Tea. Ba- I don't think he touched the Lion's, would he? He won't. Sure, w- 
Bisto gravy. Oh, brilliant. Cur- uh, nor curry sauce. Yeah. You, you never mentioned any packets of soup, so we're sending him some nor oh, farmhouse fish. Oxtail, is it? Oxtail soup he was looking for. I sent that too. I love that. Soup he's too. I, I don't know how they make it or what they put into it, but it's delicious, isn't it, oxtail Gorgeous. soup? Anyway, he's getting the farmhouse vegetable soup, Cadbury's Fingers, Cadbury's Purple Snacks, loads of them, Cadbury's Large Dairy Mills, Cadbury's Crunchies, loads of them, Curly Whirlies, loads of Whispers, and Love Hearts as well. Packing a little, like, pack a lot of Love Hearts. He be thrilled, he be thrilled. And the children will be mental when they see all that. Were well, you oh, sad to see him go back after the three months, I wonder? Oh, God, I was devastated. I was. Why didn't, I you, go, why didn't you go out? I went out the year before. Myself and my granddaughter, I took her with me and we oh, went out. Lovely. And we were there for three weeks. Do you like it? it? No. I wouldn't live where he's living, Neil. It's way out in the countryside. <laughs> Real hillbilly country. Like. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the flags outside the doors and all that. And there the he is, there's a nurse flag in his window. Has he, <laughs> the has he, the, has he the, the tricolour out in his front oh, garden, is he? <laughs> Dowdy Dowdy's tricolour is out. Right. And where oh, do you yeah. where do you live, Ellen? On Cathedral Road. Where Cathedral Road? Oh Cathedral my God. Road. You'd never do in the middle of the countryside, so. Oh no. You need your neighbours. You need your. Oh, I love me. Your family and friends are around you. Yeah, yeah. And do me a bit of charity work, and I go out and I go up and you know give a couple of hours in the shop for well done. The well done. I done. love it. Have you the tree up it. and everything now? You have. Tomorrow, now the tree is going up. Tree arrived here. The tree arrived here to the radio station yesterday. I think they put it into a cupboard somewhere. Nobody's put it up. Nah, nah. Do you know now if the tree went up, no need, I'd say, to be depressing. <laughs> I'd say you're one of the few that still hasn't got a Christmas tree up. No, they're already now to be taken down. Already. Oh, have you got a Machia tree? I have. Ah, uh, for God's sake, no, woman. For years now, when we lived in the cold cage, you know, yeah. we always had a real tree. You didn't have to go far to buy it. Oh, to, oh, to my sister. She was selling them. Made a heaven out to her. <laughs> and go and get the tree, get a bucket, put her up in the sand. Where'd you get the turkey from? Oh, the market, of course. Yeah, I know. Always. I know. And the ham and the spiced beef. Oh, my God. Do you ever go into O'Donovan's for a bit of the ham or do you ever oh, go to O'Donovan's yeah. for a bit of cheese? Yeah, me nephew walked there for years. Fabulous years. shop, wasn't it? Oh, oh brilliant, brilliant. Oh, my mother, I tell you, she fed the nation, Need Did she? Fed the nation. Anyone that came, never went away without getting their dinner. Where on the, where on the coal care was it? We lived in corporation buildings. Oh, oh right they're in, so beautiful, aren't they? In the middle there, right in the middle there. Oh, they're gorgeous. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Anyway, listen, I'll be here all morning talking to you. It's great to Gold. catch up. Golden Balls will be delighted. He'll be over the moon. <laughs> right. Over the moon. And I'll be, he'll be ringing now on tomorrow. Uh, and he'd video I'll tell him now I said Graham there's a big surprise now coming to your front door I worry about the rest of the family though that they might feel out of sorts not you know? need I tell you now I have Jason, Sarah, Michelle and I have six grandchildren here and I dote on the whole yeah life. I know I know I, I know. I get here every day of the week Sarah's after starting a new job and Callum to be here with me oh an old man. I know, I know. Listen, you have to give a little bit of extra TLC to a child who's oh. overseas in fairness. Like, oh. he's 4,000 miles away. I tell you, no. And I would give him, if I gave him the moon, I'd say, what about it? <laughs> <laughs> Golden balls. What about it? <laughs> I heard of him, ma'am.
Come on now. What about it? <laughs> I don't see him, so what about it? <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's that's sorted. You know, Listen, it's great. They're just saying themselves and all of sending stuff to them. You're, right, you're a heart of gold. Look after yourself, Helen. Thanks for taking the call. Stephen, thanks very much. All right, girl. All Thank the best. You. Take bye, bye, care. Bye, bye, Cheers. Bye, bye. Take care. Bye, bye. Right across the week, in association with Michelle the Jewelers, we have 200 euro vouchers to give away. And on Friday, it's a 1,000 euro voucher. You can go into Michelle the Jewelers and spend the 200, or if you're lucky enough to win uh, the 1,000 euro voucher. My God, think of the kind of things you could buy for a 1,000 euro in Michelle's on Patrick Street. In business for 60 years. And Tim Keane is waiting in there with staff to look after you for a Christmas gift. So we want to bring the bling home. So based on that, we have uh, 200 euro vouchers every day till Thursday and a thousand on Friday. But you need to identify artists and titles. And of course, the songs are all about bling and sparklies and gold and stuff like that in the title or the lyrics. Don't call just yet, but when I open the phone lines, I'll invite you to call whoever can get uh, artists and titles in the right order. So here they are. There she is, the girl from Tiger Bay. Now, we'll play it one more time between now and midday and open the phone lines. Call a nine, every caller thereafter uh, on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Lots and lots of great Christmas traditions and memories coming in, courtesy of you guys by text on 0868104106 and by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. And we'll do so, some of those and more in a few minutes' time, courtesy of ourselves in the Furniture Centre Blackpool with 500 euro vouchers. Imagine a beautiful new suite of furniture or a sofa, a kitchen table or a dining room table and chairs this side of Christmas. They're out on the Watercourse Road. That after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Okay, uh, keep those texts coming. Uh, a lot of people are querying what's happening at Cork Airport, and we've been in touch with Kevin Colnan at Cork Airport. He's on emergency communication calls with the airlines as we speak, and we're expecting updates. From what I do know, Aer Lingus have cancelled all of their flights out of Cork Airport. I know the KLM cancelled the Amsterdam flight. I have absolutely no knowledge as to what Ryanair are doing, and so far, I can't get that information from Cork Airport, and they're not sharing it on their social media platforms as yet. So what Ryanair are doing, I have no idea. I'd say, knowing Ryanair, they'll fly. Actually, to be quite honest with you, unless we get absolutely hammered at some stage today, I have to tell you, I think this so far has been a bit of an overreaction. Now, undoubtedly, I will have to eat my words later and will get absolutely pucked by the wind or what have you. But right now... I mean, steady as you go, I know. There's a bit of a republic going on up in the North Main Street, I can tell you, because um, they are just opening an awful lot of the shops there. George has been back to me and he's listing out shops. He says, yeah, the wind's picked up all right, but the North Main Street... Uh, Mr. Price is open. Fresh and Froze is, op- is open. Eddie's Pet Shop is open. Uh, the IT outlet, you know, the phone and computer store and repairs, they're open. And Dalton's Pharmacy is open as well. He was telling me earlier on that uh, deals were open. He was also reporting that there was lots of coffee to be had. Starbucks, which is on Emmett Place, are open. Coffee Roasters are open. Massey Town is open. That'll be down around the, um, would that be Carey's Lane or French Church Street, one or the other? So I don't know. I don't know what's to come, but but so far, uh, so good. I know there are power outages. I know about all of that. And I know that there was a very sad uh, news report this morning of a, a girl falling from a, a balcony or a roof uh, inside in the city, just um, off one of the side streets there by um, the Keys. So if there's an update on that, I'll bring it to you. Lines open on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six for all other business. Now, um, apparently, I'm hearing now the Birmingham flight was diverted to Shannon. Uh, and uh, the one from Shannon headed uh, straight back to Stanston, Stansted because it uh, it couldn't land. So that's some updates anyway with regards to Ryanair. But, but listen, I, I can't tell you any more about that because it's all 
I was nearly said it's up in the air, but I can't even say that it is. Um, yesterday, I read out um, uh, a handwritten letter that I received from um, a 73-year-old. You might recall that. She was saying, um, you know, 73, but feels like it was only yesterday when she did her leaving cert and started working and met her husband and had children and grandchildren. She's a long-time listener to my radio programs and her parents were steeped in politics, very much with regards to Fine Gael. Um, and then she had children, of course, and then grandchildren, one of them is a grandson who's an angry young man. And she says that he has every right to be an angry young man because when she looks at her past and fast forwards to 2021, she says that the politicians of her traditions from years back, the ones we have now are completely outdated. They don't serve the people. They don't serve the country. Uh, You know, young people, including a son of hers, uh, living in Dublin who can't even afford a home, even though he's 35 and has a well-paid job. And she talks about her grandchildren um, uh, many of them trying to go to college or, uh, you know, start in secondary school and what kind of a future lies ahead of them. She says, particularly the eldest, he's an angry young man. He says, and rightly so, that Ireland isn't a republic because there's no equality between the rich and poor because the rich can afford everything. And she details the things the rich could afford, but that the poor cannot, whether that's a house or medical care or what have you. And then medical care then provided by the state is a disaster, of course. And it's a failed medical system, failed health care. Um, they're my words, not hers, but I'm sure she'd agree with that. So anyway, her, her grandson has convinced her uh, to vote differently next time around, and she's going to loan Sinn Féin her vote only for the next election. So that was the general gist of the uh, the letter that I read out yesterday. I'll come back to texts on that, but I want to chat to Phil, who wanted to pick up on that letter from yesterday. Phil, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm good. That was the general gist of it. Obviously, there was more to it than that, but I hope I got it across. What did you make of it? Well, um, I did. I replied to that text, or I just messaged your show, and um, I suppose what I was, what I said was that um, you know all the political parties seem to be kind of merging together now, and there's no, there's no opposition there anymore because I think they're kind of, I think they're just no matter who's in there, they're they're really puppets for for um, say a higher, a higher control system, really. You know, um, they're 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 being controlled by the bankers, really. I think. Um, so I think we sold ourselves off to, to Europe and they're basically, you know, they're calling the shots and if we don't do what they say, now we just, we won't get, um, we won't get the funds. Um, and you can see now we're, we're going heavily into debt now with uh, the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the narrative there is extremely one-sided, you know. Um, I, know COVID, I, I know COVID came along, but even in spite of that, and certainly before that, we were still the envy of Europe and much of the world with regards to our, what they call, they called, tell that to somebody who's poor, they called it a thriving economy in Ireland. Well, you judge your, your, your economies really on, on how you treat the poor, you know, and the poor here and there's, there's, you know, they wouldn't agree with that. Sure, you have 10,000 homeless, don't you? And look at our health system. It's, it's not fit for purpose. And yet we have a million on hospital waiting lists. Yeah. 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 And we, we're just, we're not uh, vociferous enough there, you know. Um, but look, what I was hoping to talk to you about, well, it was something different. Um, I'm just watching, um, I'm in Yall and I'm just looking at the white horses rolling in there. Over How the bad beach. is it though? I mean, is this a bit of a overreaction, yeah, do you think? No, 
Uh, no, I don't think so. No? Um, I just okay. uh, was uh, I repairing a fence there, which was blowing down there. So it, it's, oh, no, I get all of that. But businesses bad, you know? are all closed and people have been told to stay indoors mm. and stay at home. Is it yeah, going to get I, worse or something? I, I don't think so. I was downtown you there a while ago now. And all the pharmacies are closed, unfortunately. And I was hoping to get some medication in there. But um, a lot of the shops are open, you know. Okay. I think okay. It's, it's safe enough to go. But um, I'm overlooking um, the oral leisure centre there. And unfortunately, now I won't be able to go out there for the next month because um, I didn't take the jab, you know. The and, Aura um, you know, Leisure Centre, is that for a swim or the gym, is it? Yeah, for the gym, yeah. You see, I, I kind of packed up work there. Um, I was in the farm industry there for 14 years. I packed it up there back um, earlier on this year. I just had enough of it all, you know. Yeah. So um, uh, keeping healthy was always um, very important to me. Like, I, I packed in football there, played my last game when I was 49, a few years ago. Yeah. So I always kept fit. Um, like I, I was out, I'm out there three three days a week, and um, you know I look after myself, take my vitamins, and eat well. Yeah. But um, like it, this has got nothing to do with health, whether you're healthy or not. You know, they're just discriminating discriminating against um, all sorts, really. And, well, you uh, see, they say that an unvaccinated person would give on the full viral load. I suppose you know. Well, you have even said yourself now that that's not true, because whether you're jabbed or unjabbed, you know, it, it, you have you can you can pass it on and you can you can become infected, you know. So I think that the the jabs they're not working; they're waning after six months, which is which is not good, you know. Over in, in the UK, so when you hear me, Hall Martin, what are they saying in the UK? In the UK, they're they're going to three months boosters now, you know. So. There's just something not right here, Neil. And so when you hear Mihal Martin saying things like he did at the weekend, that it's his plays and it's the nose in your face, uh, or uh, that it's mm-hmm. the the unvaccinated are doing the damage, how does that make you feel? That yeah, oh, not not too good, really. I think they're well, we were all in this together last year, weren't we? You know, and now all of a sudden they're victimising and vilifying us, and that's that's not really fair. Like are those are the under twelves included in the in the unjabbed, you know. Is, it, is he pointing the finger at the, the under twelve as well? No, I would imagine at the time of that stat, it was for eligible vaccines. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, but the under twelves, no. Um, I know, I know. I sure I know. Sure, I know. You know yourself. I know, I know. But like, if 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 the government knew that uh, the vaccines were not uh, not effective, you know, and they waited after six months, then they shouldn't have have um, got people to. To, to get jabs, you know. And some of them were even less than six months. The Janssen was even, was a yeah, lot less like, than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if, if if the pharma companies didn't tell them because they didn't know about it, then, you know, what else don't they know about the um, the vaccines, you know? And I don't think there's enough safety data out there, really, to be honest. Um, so that's, that's quite worrying. And people have, you know, serious uh, concerns about uh, taking it. And What's your concern? About, about taking it? Yeah. Well, like I see, I've worked in the farm industry for fourteen years, and I do understand the uh, the level of um, regulation, you know. And for for a vaccine to be approved within a year is just it's unheard of, you know. Um, and the safety data out there is, yeah, I think it's not going to be released until twenty twenty three. And there's a lot of people who who can't take for medical reasons, you know. I mean, they're even they're telling pregnant women to take it now, and there are no pregnant women as part of their of their studies. Um, which is very concerning. Um, like, there's, there's, I don't know, have you heard of the VAERS system in the US? It's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And there's, there's 18,000 deaths recorded in that and 1.7 million adverse events. And in Europe, it's 39,000 deaths and 1.1 million adverse events. Well, you're telling me now that that's associated with taking the vaccine, are you? Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's on the, the adverse event reporting um, website, you know. So, 
That's adverse event news. leading to death, you're telling me. I just need to be specific. Uh, adverse events, no, which could be anything that's listed on their... Yeah, but sure, people their, do have different reactions to vaccines. They do, of course. Doesn't they it? do, so of course. It's not 39,000 deaths, like. It's 39 people who might have got no, a head no, cold no, 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 the no, fever. No, uh, following, following taking the vaccine, there's 39,000 reported deaths. That's, that's in the the UDRA vigilance um, website and also in, in the VARES website but you know people aren't aware of that I was telling my mother this and she was what? I didn't know that 39,000 deaths in worldwide is it? no that was in Europe in Europe in out, of, Europe. out, of, how many, yeah, out of how many vaccines? oh sure there's is there, um, is there 400 million in, in Europe-ish population so if it's 80% You'd be saying out of 30 million vaccines, but you still, see, it's you, a lot. See, you, you, you say that your rights are being infri- in, infringed, but yet you don't ever talk about people who might be vulnerable or immunocompromised or elderly, you know, and you, you want to be able to mix with okay. all of those when, no. we, when we know that, you know, from the evidence of the last 20 months, that they're the ones that by and large died in the biggest numbers. They are indeed, and yeah. Michael Martin um, said he wasn't going to investigate those thousand people that died in the nursing homes. I know, homes, I know no. about the, I know about the nursing homes, but I've have I have the stats not in front of me, but I know of the stats mm-hmm. for nursing homes and outside of nursing homes and those in hospital and those who died at home. Most of them were elderly. They're the vulnerable, they and what the vaccine yeah, the what the exactly, vaccine yeah. seems to have done. We are not seeing those deaths now in those numbers anymore. So come mm-hmm. on, like, be realistic about this. We might all be fed up of it and think that we talk about it too much and we have too many spokespeople. But the vaccines seem to have helped very much with regards to reducing deaths. They do, and I, I can't argue with it. Well, them, I, don't, I can't see how you could argue with it. But no, I'm not arguing with you. What I'm saying is that, the, you know, the media is not reporting the full extent of the effect of the, of the vaccines. That's the problem. They're not being open and transparent. It's, it's a very one-sided narrative. You know, there's there's no debate. Um, like, why why won't the politicians just um, have a debate about it and allay any fears? You know, and and then maybe the more people will get out, but they don't. There is no debate whatsoever. Okay, that's also concerning. You know. Okay. Okay. So um, you can't go into the gym because that's the latest one that's been listed. You can't go for a swim. Yeah, and it's, it's it's for a month. Uh, they're, they're saying it's for a month, but who knows? Like they're they're just um, they're drip feeding. You know, I, I watched um, a 94 year old Holocaust survivor there giving his testimony um, about the drip drip effect that the Nazis um, had on on all the Jews in um, in in the, the Second World War. You know, and Michael D. Ho- Michael D. Higgins was in the, in the front row there, and. Um, you know, I'm sure he wasn't um, too impressed, but yet he signed off on the, the legislation there to restrict or to give the, the Minister of Health um, these wide-ranging powers, you know. And it's it's a drip-drip effect, you know. They keep on just um, taking our rights away bit by bit. And eventually, I don't know where it's going to lead to. I mean, you look at Australia there, it's, it's not good over there with containment camps and what's going on. And um, people are protesting, you know, people are waking up and God, I hope just more people wake up really, to be honest with you, you know. Um, well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're not, um, we're not back to where we were after last Christmas and across January and February when we had the most deaths. Um, that was, mm-hmm. pre, that was mm-hmm. pre-vaccines. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, ass- yeah. I'm assuming we won't have those kind of numbers again, January and February of next year. Uh, I know that they've, yeah. they're curtailing social activity somewhat. But no matter what way yeah. you look, no matter what way you look at it, you don't have to take the vaccine. You're in a group of people that probably never will take the vaccine, 
Um, but for yeah, many, well, for many, for I'm many, it's, thank God. No, yeah. oh, and and I hope I hope you don't. I uh, hope you don't get it, and I hope that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because you don't yeah, know what kind of. I mean, I, I know I know of people who were really, really, really very, very sick. Mind you, I, I do know of people who were double vaxxed were also very, very sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, and there is like there is already treatment out there, which again is being, I would just say, suppressed. You know, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and there's look, there's fabulous results why around do you, the world. Why do people keep going on about um about a global conspiracy? Like, as if there's something going on that we're not aware of. Well, like, if the media is not telling both sides of the story, what are people going to do? They're going to go online and they're going to have a look around and see what's out there, which I've done myself. And I listened to Dr. Peter McCullough amongst a load of other, um, you know, well-renowned and well-respected doctors. And they are being blacklisted and they've been censored off uh, Twitter and all the other uh, social media. That's not right. I but a lot of the people that are getting, way, are getting grief have been found to be um, peddling stats that are wrong. Well, I'm telling you, Dr. McCullough... Oh, no, I don't know the person you're referring to, but I know that a lot of the time when you fact-check a lot of the things that are being said, it's found to be fake. Oh, and the fact-checkers, is it? Well, who, who funds the fact-checkers, Neil, you know? <laughs> so they're in on it too? Well, who, who funds them, you know? They are definitely being supported by the farm industry. And that's, that's, that's a fact. Like You see Bill Gates' fingerprints all over this. Honestly, now if you, you did a bit of research into this and look at the Great Reset, and I know I heard you say this before on your show that you were going to check out about the Great Reset and the world economy, and yeah, so you see how 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 involved Bill Gates is and all that. I did read it. I read as much of it as I could, and I just couldn't do any more of it. If I'm to oh, be honest, really? with you. Okay. I, I mean, I did. To be honest yeah. with you, I didn't. I didn't buy, necessarily mm-hmm. buy into it, but each to his own. So the protest, you did you? There was a march in Cork. Was there many at it that? Was, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I'd say about 500. That's the first protest I was ever at, you know. But okay. I, get, I, I got chatting to a, to a lad there who was, um, you know, a bit younger than me. He said he had five young kids and there's no way he was going to put them through any, any medication which was unapproved, you know. Um, so you'd gladly, use, you'd gladly use a gym or a swimming pool or a social facility unvaccinated along t- alongside an elderly person? Well, I presume they're vaccinated, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I would like um, if I was if I had any. Symptoms, but sure, why why would that interest you if there were? But why would that interest you if they were vaccinated? Are you saying the vaccine works then? <laughs> well, it works for some, doesn't it? Right, okay. because the, the the stats are are you know they show that. But no, look, if I had any symptoms at all, I wouldn't go near anybody else. I'd, I'd you know I just keep away from people naturally enough. But all I don't right. have any symptoms. Thank okay. God. Stay safe, uh, stay healthy. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate you taking the Thanks, call. Thanks, Neil. Cheers, my man. Text 0868 Pick up the phone on one 850 Sorry, Jessica. Back to you after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show. With free click and collect from Tesco. Now available at your local store. Book today at tesco.ie. I can go straight to her now. It's not a problem. I can just park it for a sec. Jessica, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I was oh, just listening to you. And you're saying gonna be, I'm going to be eating words. my words. Yeah, Am I going to yeah. be eating my words? Oh my God, yeah. I was with you all the way through Ophelia. <laughs> till what was it, two or three in the afternoon? <laughs> uh, yeah, but part of, I've had to come downstairs. I was upstairs, cozy, wrapped up in beds, watching Sky Q, because it's the only warm room in the house. But um, <laughs> my neighbours advised me to come downstairs, part of my roof, um, piece of corrugated iron, it's gone part into 
the bedroom that I just moved out of this year. So you're living high up in Bantry, outside the town, is it? Cullamon, Cullamon West. And the corrugated roof's coming off something? Uh, corrugated roof came off something has gone after going through. No, well, I mean, I did say, I'm assuming, I'm just saying, I'm assuming this is going to get a hell of a lot worse at some stage, because right now... For you guys, I'd say it's be coming up for you soon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I saw him in, on Clonacilty on Ireland um, Ireland AM this morning. Are you afraid um, to go out? Oh yeah, my front garden is all corrugated, darn, and I'd love to. Um, I'd love to get to, but you'd be able to, to show you what I can see. Like you know, I just brought the cat down from the the bedroom. The dog is a sixty-five kilo dog is terrified. Really. And what is it? A howl- what are you hearing? A howling, howling wind, is it? It's common. I don't know whether this is the eye, but part of I'm looking out my side window now, and there's a car park space, and where that car park space is just complete corrugated iron. The shed's gone. I mean, part of the... Sorry, part of the fence is gone. Part of it's in my roof. Um, my my water's gone. I was upstairs in the warmest room in the house. I can't stay up there because it's double glazing, and one of the glazings after going, it really needs boarding up. So I'm downstairs, and I've no fuel to light the fire. Oh my God! You're even uh, worried about going upstairs? Yeah. Got, yeah, I just brought the cat down. The neighbours, thank God, told said to me like. Go downstairs because they know that I, I'd be upstairs. It'll Are you pass. coming in, Bushka? Sorry. What? I'm just telling the dog to come in the kitchen. He's terrified. Half Shepkita. I mean, half German Shepherd, half Akita. Guard dog. He's absolutely have terrified. Have you food and have you power? We've power for now, but we had power for a while for Ophelia until I think. Um, about, I don't know, I was listening to you till about two or three. Um, For Ophelia, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that there's any need to stay on the air until after 12 o'clock. I don't know, I don't know what's coming, but perhaps what you're getting, we'll get at some stage, you know? I hope not. No. I heard that the lee had had burst its banks. Well, there, but, was, um, there was flooding, yeah, but that's receded now. Um, right, and, 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 and high I, tide. Yeah, I think you're safest where you are right now because you don't yeah, be going out if there's corrugated the iron f- yeah. flying around the place. Um, but yeah, it, but I'm downstairs. It, it will pass. Have a cup of tea. It Try will. And, I am. I am. <laughs> and the fag. <laughs> All right. Okay, Jessica. I'm trying to get a fire light in. Thanks for the update. Mind the dog, mind the cat, okay. mind yourself. Cheers. Take Thanks. care. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 Somebody says, uh, are the churches open today, says Joe? I have no idea. I'm quite sure somebody will tell me, but the recommendation anyway is not to go out and not to visit a church. Trees fallen down. It's fallen on Connolly Road between uh, Pearson's Road and Clark Road, the junction there, the Guardia at the scene. And that road is now closed because of the fallen tree. Meanwhile, 500 euro vouchers to give away every day, courtesy of ourselves in the Furniture Centre in Blackpool. Family-run business, Irish-made fabrics and furniture for over 40 years. 
The lovely website, actually, thefurnishercentre.ie. My father always struggled with his weight, but on Christmas Day, he was allowed to have whatever he wanted. So every Christmas morning when Santa came, he had tanora and chocolate cake for breakfast. He died young, the misfortune, and I always remember mum saying he should have eaten the cake all year. So to this day, my children and my grandchildren have tanora and chocolate cake for breakfast. That's the most beautiful text. Thank you, Nula. That is just lovely to read. My Christmas tradition is giving my kids their Christmas pyjamas on Christmas Eve with some other small little treats. My kids love it. They wear the PJs for the whole year. My son wears his fluffy pyjamas in July, uh, up to July gone. And he said he was cold and wanted to be cosy. And he loves the memories of Christmas. Um, Our tradition was going around the churches to see the cribs and then heading out to the lock. I love that tradition, actually. We did that for years. Still do. It's hard to round them up these days, though. When I was very small, every Christmas, the youngest child in the house lit the Christmas candle on Christmas Eve. And my mam would pray in thanks and in good in hope of a good year to come. I carried on the same tradition in my home with my own children. Youngest lighting the candle and giving thanks. Morning, Neil. We had some lovely traditions over the years. We have come up with wonderful ideas for the children to wake up to. My favourite is when Santa left his snowy boot prints on the floor and my daughter thought she heard him. So she looked up the chimney to say Merry Christmas and her, to her delight, the buckle off his belt fell down the chimney. She was so thrilled to find it. Poor old Santi's pants fell down. She minded it for the whole year. So when it came to next year, she sent the buckle back with her Santa letter through on post. To our delight, Santa sent a letter back thanking Abby for minding his buckle because he got into trouble with Mrs. Claus. <laughs> it was definitely my favourite Christmas. Thanks to One Post. Happy Christmas to you and all at Red FM. They're great. Ah, man, we need more time because I've got some real winners uh, by text, by email, and also by phone. Rory Noonan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? What's it like for you with regards to long-standing traditions? Well, we have a fabulous one in our family, and as I said, the youngest of the four siblings, or my three siblings, I should say, are now well into their 40s, and every year on Christmas morning, if we don't get our smarties, little sugar smarties from my mother to stage, because unfortunately my dad has passed away, there would be murder. When we were younger, it was like, I suppose, like all kids, you know, you'd have it as part of your Christmas stocking, and as you get a bit older... You know, it kept going. And now um, one year when we were in our 20s or so, my, my dad forgot to get them at the time and there was none. And there was always like a crisis on Christmas Day because oh there was no two of Smarties. So God. we still get them now. As I said, I'm in my 50s and I put up sisters heading in that direction. So we don't have our Smarties from my mum. And this would have been, this would have been in your stocking or your sock that your man would fill with Smarties and pastilles and an apple and an orange kind of thing, is it? Exactly, yeah, that would have been part of that. And now she, now she wraps them in, in, in paper, in Christmas paper every year, and they're handed to us as part of our Christmas or present in Christmas Day. So you might have all these lovely presents all around the place, but if the Smarties aren't there, it's not Christmas Day. Uh, I love it, I love it. And is that passed on to grandchildren? No, 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 it's only the four of us. As far as she doesn't give it to the grandchildren or the, the great grandchildren at this stage, they don't get it, it's only the children. And do you enjoy the Smarties as much now as 50 years ago? Oh, God, yeah, and I kind of paced them over there to drive my own children in mad. Like, they'd be looking at them and wanting to eat them, like, you know? You're cruel, you know that? <laughs> They're supposed to be for oh, kids. Yeah. 
Oh, no, but so it's very important. Like that, they're, they're placed in the kitchen where they can see them, and like I have a few every day or so for a couple of days, so they can keep an eye on them. Too. I think one of the grandchildren <laughs> should rob your smarties, Jeremy. I know, but Eat, like eating fun. your last Rolo kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, there'll be more than they try. There'll be more because they're ours, and that's our present, and that's very right, important. <laughs> Thanks for sharing the memory, Rory. Meanwhile, Ellen, good morning. Good morning. Was How it, are you? Was it whiskey? Of course, you put whiskey or brandy on a Christmas pudding, right? It was whiskey. <laughs> what yeah. happened? Um, as a child, I used to think my dad was magic because he would go to the kitchen and produce the Christmas pudding onto the the table and set fire to it. <laughs> and I was thinking, set fire to the table is that? <laughs> To the pudding. <laughs> he'd, he'd heat the whiskey and pour it on the pudding in the kitchen and then bring the pudding into the dining room table and light it. And I used to be fascinated thinking, how used to do it? You know, I thought it was magic <laughs> as a young child. You just gave me the greatest tip. I never knew you had to heat the whiskey or the brandy first. Yeah, heat it slightly, yeah. Because yeah. I could never get it to light. Is that why? That's probably why, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe somebody and was drinking was, the whiskey and watering it down with gone. water. I don't know. And, and and he did manage. He didn't. He never did wreck with it, like burnt the house down or the tablecloth or anything. No, 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 no. And he'd come into the dining room with the the pudding, and it would be lights off. Everybody'd oh, be gathered round in fascination. Like, that yeah, fabulous blue flame. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it yeah. tastes better for it, doesn't it? Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. Even though my dad was a, a non-drinker, but it's still he'd still douse it in the whiskey. <laughs> and do you continue that tradition then, because your dad's passed away some time now? He has, yeah, he's passed 35 years now. Oh, um, it's still one of our favourite parts of Christmas Day. Would, yeah, you, prefer the tur- would you prefer the, the pudding to the turkey and ham? Absolutely. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely, and it has to be my mother's Christmas pudding. All right, well, may you have many more years of them. Thanks, Ellen, take care. Colette? Hello, how are you? Memories of Christmas gone by, what would yours be? Well, we used to all sit around the table the week before Christmas and listen to the radio where Santa would call out a list of names and we'd be there with our cups of cocoa waiting for our names to be called out. Was that in the old days of Cork local radio, was it, where they had Santa Claus would come in and the people would have written yes. in letters to him and he'd read out the names of the kids? Yeah. Exactly. It was great. And my God, if you didn't get your name called out, you'd be going to, you'd be going to bed in tears. <laughs> but no, you know, it was called out and it was lovely. We all went to bed happily after after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would would your dad take you to visit the cribs at all, I wonder? Oh, yes. That was a, r- a ritual. We had to go about two or three days after Christmas. We would go into St. Augustine's, St. Francis, uh, the Holy Trinity. I think lots of us did that. Would you get a little bit of straw in the different cribs you'd visit? Yes, we would. Yeah, yeah. Because we have a crib at home now, and over the last 23, 24 years, we've been going to different cribs, taking a little bit of the straw, bringing it home, putting it into the crib. So you can't see anything in the crib now because it's just full of straw. Yeah, but they were great times, like that, you know, and, you know, they're great memories. Lovely stories. And we don't go to, we don't go to the church as much as we should now. 
Listen, lovely stories. Thanks for sharing them. Take care. Our family tradition is one of happiness and sadness all at the same time. We lost our beautiful baby daughter 18 years ago. And every Christmas since she died, the first thing we do as a family is to put Michaela's decoration on the tree. It's a cross that just says, thinking of Michaela this and every Christmas. It gives us a chance to remember her, but also to be grateful for what we have, because in a moment... It can be gone. Happy Christmas to you all, says Norma. Uh, I'm not getting my mother-in-law anything this year, Neil. She didn't use last year's present. I got her a plot. <laughs> oh, lads. My dad used to have a glass of five-star Sandyman port with his dinner every Christmas day. And since he died 16 years ago, we have a shot of port for him before dinner. For a few years, we used to take the bottle to the graveyard, but we were all shattered now. But we're all shattered now and meeting in my house on Christmas morning instead, says Marie Weathers in Buttervin. That's a lovely tradition. I love when somebody passes away, but their tradition is picked up and carried on. Just one or two more. Myself and my mum sing and do all the actions to sleigh bell rings every year before dinner since I was in primary school. I'm 30 now, but I always love the it always makes the family laugh out loud. I'm even smiling now thinking of it. Um, when I was little, I always got three Brussels sprouts as part of my Christmas dinner. Even though I knew I was getting them every year, I still complained about them. So one year, I was eight or nine, I took down, I, t- I looked down and there was no sprouts. I questioned where my sprouts were and my mum said she didn't give me any because I don't like them. But I said, I always get three sprouts. So every year, until I started cooking my own family Christmas dinner, I got three sprouts as part of my dinner on the big day. Strange little personal traditions, but traditions nonetheless. It's a memory for me. Hoping to start new traditions soon, once we can buy our own house. And a voucher would go a long way to help us, Tobias. Well, we have uh, 500 euro vouchers to give away every day, courtesy of ourselves and the Furniture Centre in Blackpool. You just need to sexy up the sprouts. There's a lot you can do with them. You pan fry them. Yeah, you could pan fry them and you could pan, pan fry them with, uh, you know, oil, a bit of butter, slice them in half. If you've got any raisins, chuck them in. If you've got um, any kind of nuts or anything like that, chuck them in and uh, give it a bit of a crunch and a bit of a bite. Much better that way. Anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. Um, I think that I will just um, um, take it under advisement for today's 500 euro voucher. And that's for the Furniture Centre Blackpool. And you can go out there and spend the 500 euro. And on the basis of the cause this morning, Rory Noonan's long-standing tradition of uh, denying small children a tube of Smarties at Christmas time, because he's well into his 50s now or more, and for 50 years he's been getting Smarties from his folks, that warrants a 500 euro voucher for you. So keep those calls coming, keep the texts coming, and keep the emails. There's one or two from yesterday that I read out that I didn't have names that I was very impressed with, and I'd love to get my hands on those, and we'll pick it up and do those in the morning. But it's the countdown to Christmas time, guys, is that you can be sure. Ah, yeah, sexy Brussels sprouts. What don't you understand about sexy? You can sexy them up. You don't just throw them in a roasting tray into the oven. Like, if you got yourself some pine nuts, for instance, in go the pine nuts with them in the pan and cut them in half and pan fry them or wok fry them. Oh my God, that's a sexy Brussels sprout. Anyway, last bit of business, a 200 euro voucher from Michelle Jewellers and then on Friday, of course, a 1,000 euro voucher on Friday. It's 200, 200 a day um, until Thursday and a 1,000 on Friday, but you need to identify these three blingy songs. Artists and title, please. Ideally in the right order. Always Call a nine, 
Ken and every caller thereafter till you get all three right. one 850 Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Time to go. Uh, I know I was talking about uh, the Barra, Storm Barra all morning and uh, on the basis of what we're hearing from West Cork, I would follow all of the advice, really and truly. And the advice is to stay safe and stay indoors because you just don't know what's coming or how bad it could actually get. I mean, many places already have strong winds, so it's liable to get an awful lot worse. So do follow the advice, stay safe and stay indoors because we don't know how bad it could actually get. Bad enough anyway from what I'm hearing uh, further west along. Last bit of business this morning. Sharon O'Malley in the Middle Parish. Morning. Hi Neil, how are you? I'm well. A 200 euro vouchers are begging here from Michelle Jewellers on Patrick Street. Do you fancy it? Oh, do I what? And I really, really fancy the big one on Friday. Well, you never know. Maybe you might oh, get another shot of it. Okay, so what are you, who are you going to give it to? You're going to give it as a gift? Oh, myself. Oh, good girl. Why is that? Oh, <laughs> you like the L'Oreal lady, are you? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm worth it. You're dead and right. I'm very lucky because we got a day off work today over the storm. So <laughs> I just said I'd try it while I was at home because when I'm in work, we can never, ever get through. Well, I'm delighted you did. Great to have you on board. Three, these three songs then in the correct order. You ready to shout them out? Yep. Here we go. Gold by Spandai Ballet. 24 Carat Magic, Bruno Mars. And Diamonds Are Forever, Charlie Bassey. Well done from the 007 Bond movie. You're right. A 200 euro voucher, specially and only for you. All right, Neil, Sharon. Thanks very much and a happy Christmas to you. All right, girl, and you too. Take care of yourself. Go spend it on yourself. Treat yourself and Michelle at the jewelers. We'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.